is Radio Row. Mm-hmm. It needs no introduction. KJ, what's good, baby? Hey, we here. <laughs> we here. How we get here, How we get man, here? Man, shout out, man. You got Delta. You know what I'm saying? Delta, they, they show love to you, man. Delta, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, I appreciate Came in through Delta. And, um, yeah, man. Yeah. Radio Row. Man. Podcast here in its first year. Hey, it is dope. The scenery's here. Uh, I just want to just share this story real quick. I'm in Starbucks, and I'm standing in line in Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And there's this person in front of me, and he's really big. How big? I mean, he, bro, his calves. <laughs> bro, bro, his ca- no, no, no. I am standing behind a grown man, and his calves in his jeans <laughs> was Incredible. Best calves I've ever seen in my life. Calves right? coming through the gym. <laughs> but the thing is, is people kept coming over to him. Mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing? Can I take a picture? He grabbed their phone and bam, hit a picture. Yeah. Grabbed their phone, bam, hit a picture. And I'm like, yo, this dude is a real star. Cam Newton, bro. Cam Newton. Cool. Cam. I mean, just like, mm-hmm. I don't know the man. You know him. Yep. Um, Beautiful human being, a beautiful energy and spirit. I'm trying to let you guys know this, just in case you hear. I'm talking about in the Starbucks line. I don't know about y'all. How are you before you get your damn coffee? You know what I mean? <laughs> you ain't taking selfies. You ain't taking selfies ain't taking with selfies. no coffee. And you walked up to him. You said, what's up, Cam? Man, hey, I, I, I'm right there in the line, man. Cam, how you doing, man? Hey, mm-hmm. appreciate you. Hey, man, all that kind of stuff. He said, man, all love good. You know what I'm saying? Solid dude. He came on the show, and um, it's a lot of stars out here. We got man. We got to get Mark Ingram. On. Mm-hmm. I want to bring Max Crosby on. You saw Shannon Sharp? Shay Shay. If we can get Shay Shay on here. Shay Shay print money, man. I'm going to probably be starstruck if we bring Shay Shay he on He walking here. on. But you know what I just said before we get started? Before I got on the show, I broke the news on Twitter. By the way, I can still break the news yeah. with the best of them. You know what I'm saying? Because I always say, I can do what you can do, but you can't do what I can do. Mm-hmm. Man, Kanan Smith and Jigba. Brother of Jackson Smith and Jigba, picked up by the Mariners. Glim, come on, man! So he go, he doing spring ball, with, going with, spring ball. Yes, in the, down down in Arizona, in Arizona with the Mariners. W- what position? The outfielder. Outfielder. Yeah, outfielder. It's been I, and so before we came on, uh, I talked to Kanan, and then right before we came on, his dad, the, the dad called Mata. I said, Gee. first thing he said, Jay, Jay. I said, man, I already said something. He said, I said, man, are you on your knees? He said, I've been on my knees all morning. I've been on my knees praying all morning. I said, as a father. Now, KJ, yeah. I want you to think about this. Cam Calais, mm-hmm. could you imagine them being on the professional teams for a football and, and soccer team in the same at the city s- at the same time? Two brothers. Two brothers. Same city. Come on, man. Big, no, no, no. That's special. It, what what that's do special. you? I, I know, I know Mata was crying. I know tears was flowing today. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. It's and, good. Uh, good job of him and his mom. Okay, man. So what's coming up, KJ? Who who, who we talking to? Who we talking to today? Yeah, we talking to today. So we talking to Kendrick Bourne. Mm-hmm. We're bringing on the NFL lead of players' health and safety. I want to dive deep with this guy. I do, too. No, no, no. Like, seriously, I really want to dive deep with him when it comes to field, people, grass versus turf, concussions. They try and eliminate certain hits from the game. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's really get down to, 
to football and see what we can do to make this game, quote-unquote, safe. Okay, okay. A violent sport safe, so. I got some questions, too, man, because, you know, I asked you earlier to today, and I'm just confused on tackles. I'm confused on the right way. I'm confused. We know we watch the game as a fan. We see folks, you know, you just, I mean, split second, you guys mm-hmm. go to make the tackle. Oops, you, you hit him in the head, okay? Can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, don't hit him in the head. And then you go low. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. So I'm like, man, what they supposed to do? Well, on on the real, though, we are taught the strike zone. Okay. The strike zone is from the top of your knee to your shoulder. Okay. That's what we are taught. Mm -hmm. But when I got a big dude coming, full speed, and it's a collision, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking the easiest way to get this guy down, the most for sure way to get this guy down is to take his legs out. Because if his leg's off of the ground, he can't run. Okay. So that's a football player's mind. And so if they eliminate that from the game, the score's going to be 79 or 89 each and every week because it's going to be hard as hell to make plays. And so let's really talk to this doctor to really get figured out um, how we can make this um, make sense for both sides of the football. Okay. So if you're watching right now, you're going to get a bunch of interviews. And by the way, there's going to be some other interviews because what's happening is, is people are just walking by. And y'all know KJ, Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. Folks know KJ. They don't know me. They know KJ. So they come by. I be like, KJ, get him. I be KJ, get him. I, I kind of feel like the pimp around here. You know what I'm saying? I just hit that. <laughs> but uh, before we get to that, we do have to talk about the most current Seahawks news. KJ, which part of that do you want to discuss first? Well, we got to go to the big news. Oh, the 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 the, the, um, the Chip Kelly news. Oh, Chip Kelly. That's right. Reports are yeah. saying, sources are saying that Chip Kelly came in and interviewed on Tuesday night. I don't know if it was in person. Oh, he won't. oh, I don't, I don't know if it was in person or anything like that, but he did come in town to interview as the office of coordinator. So so far, uh, KJ, that makes three. That makes Ryan Grubb right now. That's yep. a potential candidate. Yep. That makes, uh, is, I think his name's Tanner Engstrand. Yep. Engstrand is, is, is one. And Chip Kelly. That's three OC candidates so far. Your thoughts? Okay, let's, where are we at right now? It's, uh, we are. Is it, is it February uh, 7th? Yes. Um, the combine is around the corner. Okay. Free agency is around the corner. A lot of decisions. Senior Bowl just happened. Mm-hmm. We're not bringing in coordinators just to interview just to get a feel for them right anybody that we're interviewing at this point is real right like we are really considering bring you on our staff mm-hmm. this football season mm-hmm. and so i see this move that we may bring in chip kelly we all know chip kelly's at ucla mm-hmm. head coach there he made the air raid famous everybody wanted to run the air raid he did it at oregon uh doing that ucla went to the eagles went to the eagles yeah. So he made this famous. Okay. So if you bring that here, what would that look like? Hmm. If you bring in Chips Kelly's personality, how will he gel with the guys? Hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see if we do pull it, pull the trigger on Chip Kelly. Right. What's your thoughts on Chip? Well, KJ, you know, sometimes I get myself in trouble. And Sometimes I think that I need to do a better job in, let's see, what my mama say, keep your mouth shut. And this is one of those <laughs> that I'm trying to keep my mouth shut because I want to just let it play out. I don't want to say 
anything that can um, that somebody takes it and they clip it and they say, "Well, G said this about Chip Kelly." <laughs> so uh, that uh, hell no, <laughs> no, I, I can't help it. I can't help it. No, I, no, no, no. I don't care. They say the saying goes, "People don't care how much you know until they find out how much you care." care. I believe Chip Kelly is an offensive guru. Yes. No doubt about it. Yes. It reminds me of algebra. By the way, your boy was not good at math. However, I do know that when you have a bad math teacher, it's not that the teacher doesn't know math. It's just that they have a hard time communicating that with you. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So when I'm in that class, I'm frustrated. I can't connect with the teacher even though that teacher has a wealth of knowledge about math. Okay. When it comes to Chip Kelly, I think Chip Kelly has a wealth of knowledge about football. He has a wealth of knowledge about the offense. I just don't believe that the connection would be there. Can I give you a story? I love stories. You love stories. The, the viewers love stories. Man. Give us a story, G. Take us back. The year is 2008. 18, I believe, 18 or 19, one mm -hmm. of them. Myself and a 707 football team mm -hmm. filled with three five stars okay. and a plethora of four stars. Okay. We're down in LA for a tournament. At the time, Chip Kelly is the head coach. We go to, by the way, I have the actual picture of that day. We are down at UCLA, we're at the, so we're meeting, we're seeing the coaches and everything, mm -hmm. and so we talk to the coaches, and I'm just like, uh, man, so we're going to get to meet Chip Kelly? Is he coming out? And they said, uh, no. What? What's he doing? Oh, he's watching film. So he's not going to come out and, 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 and meet anybody? Now, that's his right. Fine. So somebody might say, gee, he doesn't have to come out and see y'all. No <laughs> doubt. He doesn't. Yeah. No, no doubt. But what it said to me and what I did that day, I, on purpose, I said, I'm going to take a picture of everybody in this photo, and I'm going to remember this day mm -hmm. right here because one day I'm going to tell the story. Now, as I'm telling the story, the, the one part of me wants to post that picture on Twitter. <laughs> Don't do that. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to share this story. Yeah. So that's where my personal taste of Chip Kelly comes from did any of those guys commit to ucla absolutely not uh two guys are in the nfl wait yeah two guys are in the nfl right now and some are and some of them are about to go to and the some NFL. are about to go to the nfl yeah no not, not not one person as a matter of fact when we left there that was the conversation like mm -hmm. we'll never not only would you not commit there We'll never go visit there again. Well, G, let's, let's really talk about Chip Kelly. Let's really talk about his philosophy, his style. And could it make sense for the Seahawks football team? You got Geno Smith, who played in an air raid type of offense at West Virginia. You got a Jackson Smith and Jigba, a DK Metcalf, a Tyler Lockett, who are the focal points of this offense. You have a Charles Cross, who played in an air raid style offense at Mississippi State under Mike Leach. Abe Lucas played in the air style offense as well, if I'm not mistaken. Air raid, air raid, air raid, air raid is what I'm hearing from all of these guys in their background. Chip Kelly, let's really change this, run the football, control the time of possession, 
Let's just play tough nails defense. Hell with that. Let's put up points this year. Geno Smith, you my guy. You used to throwing the ball left, right, and down the football field. Fair. Could this make sense for this football team? I think it could. And, 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 and let, me, let me stand corrected on something. I hear where you're going with this because at the end of the day, as long as there are results, as long as there are points, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter who it is that is ca calling the plays. When I go to restaurants and the food is good, I don't care who it is that's mm -hmm. cooking. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because all I care about is what's on the plate. Seahawks fans right there, well, they want points on the plate. So I'll agree with you on that. Now, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to throw something right back at you. Mm-hmm. First, I want to say this. Even though I believe it is frustrating for a lot of people that are paying and focusing on Seahawks football, I absolutely love the way John Schneider is going about this process. Yeah. I love that he is crossing T's and dotting I's. I love that he's yes. just not just mm -hmm. throwing people in. You can feel in his seas, seems like they are really doing their due Patience. diligence. Now, with that being said, because I believe that they're doing their due diligence, in my heart of hearts, I don't think Chip Kelly will pass through that whole deal. Mm -hmm. I don't, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he makes it through. Why? Because I, don't, I think it's going to be with this regime. I don't know. But with this regime, I think it's going to be a little bit more of what you can do with X's and O's. I think there's, if, there, if you're going to talk about a breath, breath of fresh air, if you're talking about that, then you have to continue to talk about that all the way through. Gee, 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 gee. Think about it. We got 36-year-old McDonald, who is the Kyle Shanahan of defense. You got Chip Kelly, who's been doing it year in and year out. And, 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 and is, does this exist right now to an extent, this, his style of offense? Okay. You see it a little bit with the Buffalo Bills. You see a little bit of with uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Them dudes are consistently putting up big points. Big, big points. They live in the shotgun. Chiefs live in the shotgun. Bills live in the shotgun. And you don't know where the football is going to go. I hate it playing against these style of offenses. I could not stand okay. playing against these fast-paced shotgun. Okay. Keep you off, off balance. You're catching your breath. Oh, what's it called? What's it could, be, it, we, it could be something, G. It could I'll, be something. I'll wrap it up with this last thing as we get ready to bring in interviews and things like that. And I'm going to say I can see where I'm starting to hedge my bet a little bit and come over to what you're saying is because of this. You're basically saying all Chip Kelly has to do is be in the kitchen and cook. Cook! Cook it. Don't say a word. He don't need to worry about no parents like me. Nope. Are you going to come out and meet? He ain't got to worry about no recruiting. He ain't got to worry about no NIL. He ain't got to worry about none of that. You said all he would have to do is come in here and just cook. Dial it up. Type it up. Scheme them mm. up. Mm. Slice them up. Yeah. Use these. We could potentially have two 1,000-yard receivers. I stand corrected. That's and the next he, one has 700. That's why, KJ. Wait, 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 real quick. So are you – are you saying, real quick, there's Ryan, there's Tanner, and there's Chip. There's three candidates so far. Are you saying that you would take Chip right now of all the three? I would take Ryan, Chip, whoever the other guy is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I'll, take, I'll take you, Doug. Oh, you, you like Ryan, huh? Yeah, I'll take him first. All right. Take is, first. That, is that you, Doug, right there? Is, Pen that, is that Michael Penix? Hey, Penix, what's up, baby? <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Hey, it's been good. Let's get these uh, folks coming through. Yeah. And it'll be a good time.
He needs no introduction. They say it. Say it with us. J-S-N. Jackson's Jigba. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. You look good. You look like a million dollars. Them teeth looking like a million dollars, too. Great. <laughs> All right, man, let's get right to business, man. Uh, look, the Seattle Seahawks hired a new head coach. Mike McDonald is the new head coach. Your thoughts? I like it. Young, energetic, and at the end of the day, I trust those front office people to make the best decision. You know, I, I know we got a winning mentality over there. I know we want to win. I know how bad we want to win. So mm-hmm. I'm trusted. I'm, I'm rocking with it. Um, I'm excited, excited to meet them, excited to, you know, for this new era. And... Yeah, let's, let's get it on. Jack, you want to know when I realized you was a dog? Jack yeah. Smith has <laughs> wrist surgery mm. in, 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 tra- in training camp preseason. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to miss the first few weeks. You yeah. know who's out there the first game, G? You talked about it. You said you had yeah. a wrist. You said you had it. Look, you got you, it, too? You got it. Them two right Bro, there. Tell me, I don't, tell me about, we know Jackson, the receiver, catch all the passes. Talk, talk to me about the dog. Jay is saying that don't that people don't really know about the dog that by all means I gotta be on this field week one to start off my rookie year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's what set me apart, you know, from day one, really just how I was raised, you know, just growing up, you know, just I love this game mm-hmm. and I really give this my all. And, you know, back in Ohio State, you know, they, <laughs> they say a lot of things, but I wanna play, you know, by all means, yeah. whatever it takes. I'm I'm a I'm a player, I'm a winner, so I, Anytime I get on there, mm. out there, I'm I'm out there, and mm-hmm. and whatever we have to do, you know, that's what it comes with, and and I accept I accept all things that come with this, yep. and I'm just excited, I'm blessed, you know. That I mean, I feel like first week breaking wrists, you know, a lot of I would I, I, would, I would love to say thanks to a lot of people who helped me, you know, uh, Jonathan, um, and, yep. and the EQ people, you know, out there, um, mm-hmm. help and Seattle just helping me, you know, get back right and. You know, we took all the steps. We did all the right things. It was tough. I was playing with the cast for three, for three games. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to learn really how to catch with a with a hard cast on my mm, palm. Yeah. So, but it, I feel like it. All that stuff makes me better and makes me who I am. So. Mm. I'm glad yeah. you bring that up. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring people into Jackson Smith and Jigba's life a little bit. You mentioned Jonathan. Let's give him his real due and what he has meant to your life. This is the same man that you guys go on walks early in the morning. He makes you go walk. Tell (laughs) us about what he has really done for you. It's your secret sauce, so tell the world. Mm -hmm. It's my secret sauce, and he, like, I would love to give him his flowers. I'm sure he he doesn't like all that, but man, I gotta give it to him. Um, You know, how we prepare throughout the the year and you know just the steps that we're taking early on I, I just feel like we're taking the right steps he's you know a man that makes sure you know he focuses on making sure my body is good that's mm-hmm. his job make sure I feel good make sure I'm ready to play and you know I wouldn't be here without him um, and we're just beginning this is only the beginning you know got a long ways to go but you know got to invest in your body got to invest in yourself yeah. and Mind and body. Mind and body. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing, the mind. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to give my secret sauce <laughs> up, up, up too much, but I appreciate him. Yeah, he's yeah. the man behind the camera but, doing it. But for real, y'all be taking walks, though. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. We in Seattle. We in, we in, we, it's beautiful out there. You know, we, we got to enjoy the nature out there yeah. for and, sure. And, Jack, people got a glimpse of what you bring to the table. They saw the game winner versus the Eagles. They saw all the touchdowns. We know that right now Seahawks don't have an offensive coordinator. Right. What is something that you want to see with this new play caller when it comes to really maximizing the talent that this offense has? 
Yeah, I just think, I mean, you look at the best teams and the best offenses, I just think football is changing. You know, that West Coast, spread them out, spread the field out, and and use us, you know, at, at what we're good at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and dial it up, honestly, and, and just just having that mindset of they got to stop us. Yeah. At the end of the day, they got to they gotta play their best to stop us. We're mm -hmm. the force. We take it to them. And that's the mentality that I really want to have. So now. What you mean by dial it up? Like, what, what does that mean, yeah. dial it up? I know what it means on defense. What does dial it up mean on offense? Mm. That, means, that means taking shots when you're supposed to take shots. That means running the ball when you're supposed to run the ball. Mm -hmm. and, and that means, you know, players making plays, you know, at the end of the day. And, you know, I just feel like, yeah, we have, we have the guys, and I feel like we left a lot on the table, and that, and that really hurts. But, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to learn from that, and, you know, I'm just excited for the future. Yeah. We often, everyone talks about the wide receiver room. You got some brothers in there that you love, no doubt about it, notably DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about those two. I want one thing that Tyler Lockett has taught you and one thing that DK Metcalf has taught you. Mm. I'll start with DK. DK, man, just both of those guys, their professionalism, but DK – just a competitor. I have never seen a competitor <laughs> like this. <laughs> Ever. 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 No, DK is every game, too. Ever. Every game. And, you know, I can rock with him because he loved the game. He want to be great. He want, he's a winner. So, man, just him and his mindset, really, of, of going to go get it. These, like I said, these guys can't stop me. I'm going to go get it. And, you know, I, I just love his mentality, yeah. his approach to the game. Tyler, too, his approach is different. Um, but, you know, me and Tyler talk a lot. I mean, he's been great for me. Uh, yep. Just the route recognition and just, just knowing how to play the mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. Backyard football. Mm -hmm. Play the game. Get open. Not, not this run the book in a line. Like, and that's something I really appreciate about him, just his love and yep. just his rawness and his creativity in his mind, man. There's, there's no mind like Tyler Lockett, mm -hmm. so I appreciate that. And I'm very honored to learn from him yeah and you just crushed your rookie season you know it's we're in february let us a little bit into the secret sauce when it comes to your approach to this offseason what's something you want to focus on what's something mm. you want to attack like what's going to be that next big thing to really help jsn have an outstanding sophomore season right um off seasons are huge for me man I, I love this time of year just to get better as a person you know first and foremost i just want to grow in all angles but um, the thing that I, I jump into the offseason, I think I got to get bigger, faster, stronger. Those mm -hmm. three things mm -hmm. got to happen. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I just want to do, you know, just make sure the little things, um, you know, just the little things and, you know, how you land. And I, I really want to focus on, you know, I say it again, <laughs> the little things. Just, yeah. you know, getting tackled, how you fall, how does this happen, when you land, how you jump. Is my, is my body, is it, you know, uh -huh. is it aligned? Yep. You know what I'm saying? I just want to make sure it's aligned and I'm strong and I'm already attacked all, uh, uh, when um, the fall camp comes and mm -hmm. all that stuff comes, I'm ready to attack it. Speaking yeah. of the off season, so check this out. I got to show them love. If Mata Smith and Jigba and Jamie Smith had <laughs> two sons, and if they had two sons, one son is going to play pro football <laughs> for the Seattle Seahawks. And the, you mean to tell me the other son Man. is can play for the Seattle <laughs> Mariners? Man. Wow. 
Then it's a dream come true. I was so hyped this morning. I understand. I was so hyped this morning. And it's crazy because we've always said, man, when we get the opportunity, we're going to go to the city and we're going to do this. And we're trying to plan it. We're thinking second contract, you know, when we're but man, we just <laughs> left it to God and he handled it. And, you know, I'm just so thankful to have him out there. He loves Seattle. He was with me all fall. You, you know that. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and we have fun and we're excited. I feel like the, sit, the city, you know, it's got a lot of potential to grow more and, and be turned up <laughs> and all that stuff. And we're just excited yep. to put our boots, Smith and Jigba boots, on the ground and, and get it rolling. When you say Smith and Jigba boots, like modest boots, cause y'all, cause, cause Hon your dad, cause y'all play. He goes to the honky tonk and he oh, play. No. He wears those boots, man. <laughs> yeah, I got. We got experiences. We got experience the honky tonk. Man, we got to go down to, to Rockwall and Come go on. down with Mata and do the thing. Look, Come man, on. we ain't gonna keep you. We gonna get yes, you going. Sir. We really appreciate you, man. Yes, Jumping by, you. man. Y'all family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look good and all that. Looking forward to this off season coming up, man. You ready to do it, man? Oh, wait, one more thing, man, because I know there's probably at least one or two Seahawk fans that are listening right now. If you could talk to them right now and tell them what they meant to you as a fan base this season, what would you say? I would say, man, it's really just been a dream come true. All the way around in the 12, man. Like coming in, draft, boom, 12. Hey, you know the 12s, they waiting on you, know? Mm -hmm. And it's real, mm -hmm. and it's real. And I appreciate y'all being real, mm -hmm. raw, excited. I mean, just loving the game, loving, you know, me and the team. And, you know, we together, man. I really feel Absolutely. like this is a family. We together. Y'all guys got to be back in the building, man. And y'all got to y'all gotta still <laughs> man, I'm banned from the building, man. I'm banned from the building. <laughs> nah, I, ain't, I ain't going nah, back. Y'all got to make sure that culture, you know, P and all that stuff, that culture is still living. The young guys, we really appreciate that and really, you know, look forward yep. to seeing you guys. That means a lot. But the fans, man, I mean, it's only the beginning. Mm. You know, at the end of the day. Let's get it. Speaking of Seahawks, that's a great segue. Let's do it. What's, what's going on? By the way, y'all know who it is. Do an introduction. That's Mina. Mina Kimes here on KJ All Day. Right now, the Seattle Seahawks have made big moves. There's a new yes. coach, Mike McDonald. Your thoughts on what's happening in Seahawks country? <laughs> I made mo no secret of the fact that I love the hire, advocated for the hire. Uh -huh. I was been so impressed by what Coach McDonald's done in Baltimore against Seattle, but especially mm -hmm. against the sort of offenses that we've struggled against it over the last couple years or so, notably. Um, after your time. So, uh, and I know as a, you know, I'm sure, and I've heard you talk about this, KJ, but like, if you like linebacker play, man, his defense yes. is fun. Now, yes. that said, he has arguably the best linebacker doing in the NFL in, in Queen and Roquan. So, mm -hmm. and they're not, well, Queen might come with him, but Roquan's not. So, I'll mm -hmm. be interested to see, um, you know, just kind of what it looks like at first, because that defense in Baltimore, they do so much up front. Sims, the disguise, all of that. It could take a second. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'll say, it, Baltimore, it took a second. I don't know if y'all remember, two years ago, uh, they were playing the Dolphins, and it was like a super high-scoring game, uh, yeah. and there was busted coverages all over the place. Yeah. And I remember people in Baltimore were like, ooh, I don't know about the new young defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. But I was like, this is about as, from Wink Martindale to him, is about as different as you can get mm -hmm. schematically. So yeah. just give it time. And I think mm -hmm. I would say the same thing about Seattle. Might take a second. And, and I'm a big fan of Mike McDonald, but a big question I have is, what is this surrounding cast yeah. going to look like on this coaching staff? We just talked about Chip Kelly. 
And I don't know if you saw. I saw that. I, I saw, know if you saw that. Chip Kelly. I'm mm. an advocate. I think it makes all the sense in the world. What do you think the Seahawks will look like if Chip Kelly comes and coaches our offense? Yeah, you know the important thing to I think note with Chip is what he did in the NFL in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. San Francisco. It, it's different from actually what he did in college. What it, most recently, um, I know you guys watch a lot of Pac-12. R.I.P. So mm -hmm. you've seen how creative he is with the run game in particular, um, some of the things he does with heavier personnel. So right. I, I actually I say that to, to say I don't really know what it's going to look like. But I will say this yeah. about Chip. He's been inventive everywhere Absolutely. he's gone, and I think that's cool. I like that they're thinking outside of the box with these hires. I do, too. I just wonder if Mina's going to say, let Chip cook. <laughs> 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 I, I just want to know if that was going to happen. Okay, so – there seems to be, Mina, a trend that's happening. A lot of young coaches are being hired, but it has been successful. Yeah. Zach Taylor was young. Kyle Shanahan was young. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike McDaniel in Miami was mm -hmm. young. Your thoughts on this whole new trend? It's almost like that's what's in style now. Yeah, Sean McVay. Obviously. Sean McVay, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I think that you don't ever want to make generalizations when it comes to coaching hires because sometimes – a guy like Dan Campbell comes along and nobody mm. knew what to think and the he call. ended up mm -hmm. being amazing. And so it's, it's just very unpredictable and I don't think age necessarily dictates success. I do like, though, a lot of the coaches you mentioned, and I think this applies to Coach McDonald as well, fresh ideas, trying something different. I like that, but, it, but the leadership piece of it is the hardest to project. One thing I loved yeah, about when, when, when Sean McVay yeah. came to um, – the Rams, and you remember he was like 32. 30. Right? Everybody was like, 30, I don't yeah, know about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. One thing I love was he brought in Wade Phillips with him as a defensive coordinator because yes. he said, you know what, I'm going to do the offense. I'm a first-time head coach. You help me handle the defense. And I thought that was really smart, and it was humble to some degree. Yep. Yep. When I saw that um, Coach McDonald is bringing in Leslie Frazier, I loved Genius. that because mm -hmm. it shows, like, okay, you know what, I'm a first-time head coach, a lot of moving parts. Let me bring in some expertise mm -hmm. and experience to help mm -hmm. me out. And so personnel-wise, we see what the Niners are doing. We see what the Eagles have. We see what the Cowboys have. We look at the Seahawks football team. What is it that we need to add to this team to really go from being this 8-9 and nine team, 9-8, nine and eight, yeah. to really competing, like 11, 12 football games and really competing for championships? I what do we need? <laughs> I think the the offense is pretty stacked from with the skill players. I think maybe just bolstering the offensive line, the interior would help. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge advocate of Geno Smith, so I think he just needs more protection, particularly on third down. You saw mm -hmm. some of the pressure issues. So defensively is, I think, where you got more needs. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in the draft they go D-tackle. There's a lot of really nice uh, penetrating defensive tackles mm -hmm. in the draft. I think that's something that we could address something that's very important with mm -hmm. Coach McDonald and his scheme, uh, linebacker. But, man, dude, it is so hard to find good off-ball linebackers these days. <laughs> like, the draft, yes. it, I mean, you don't really see many young players coming out because the position is so difficult to yep. play now. Yep. So uh, that's a need. So here's the biggest thing. Here's my big concern. Some people say you got to have the quarterback. You have to have the quarterback to take you to the promised land, do all these amazing things. Or you could build around – the quarterback, do you think we can build around yes. Geno Smith and then he could Geno Smith can take it and get things done? I don't object to the idea of considering quarterbacks. I said the same thing last year, but I don't I think Geno Smith is the likelihood you're gonna upgrade over him, it's not that high, to be honest. I think he's he played really good football last yep. year. 
Um, I the year think, before? Yeah, the year before he was. I don't, a lot of people have said, oh, he regressed a lot. I actually don't think that's true, frankly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think situationally he was in some some tough situations when it came to pressure. Um, so I, I'm I'm team build around Gino. Okay. Even if you consider maybe finding a successor. I, yes. I'm with you on that. And I know there are a lot of people that says that Geno Smith regressed. If anything, what regressed is you can say that the offensive line wasn't yes. that great. And 100%. you could also say that the run game, which is a pure fact, did not do what they thought that it would do. I love that uh, mm -hmm. example. Uh, who's some of um, who's some of your uh, favorites for next season coming into? I mean, the NFC, one thing I've learned about the NFC, yeah. it is it's, it's, it's changing. Yeah. Top teams, Detroit. I think Detroit is here to stay. I don't think that's a fluke or anything. Are there any teams that we're missing that nobody's talking about? An uh, X factor that maybe Mina Kimes would bring up. I'm, I'm very optimistic about Jordan Love and these Packers. Mm -hmm. I, I know, you know, I, I, I was, man. LaFleur <laughs> did a really good job. Yeah. LaFleur's yeah. an amazing yeah. coach. The young players they drafted are really yeah. good. Like yeah. all those young skill players, I really like them. They got to figure out some things on defense. You got a new defensive coordinator coming in. They've really underperformed on that side of the ball forever. But offensively, what we saw from Love the second half yes. of the season yes. into the yes. playoffs, I, I was really, really blown away. Mm -hmm. I agree. And um, before we let you go, Mano, Coach Carroll, my guy, mm. everyone's guy, we love him. Just give me your favorite Coach Carroll like experience. Like when you turned on the TV and saw him, when you came to the games and saw him, like. What did Coach Carroll mean to you personally coaching the Seahawks football team? Uh, you know, I've, I got a chance to meet Pete uh, a few times over the years, did a panel with him, interviewed with him, always a delight. He's like, he seems like so much more than a coach. Like, I feel yeah. like he should be a motivational speaker, <laughs> yeah. at, like the next yeah. Tony Robbins or whatever. Yep. Um, but I actually think what uh, I've learned from his tenure in Seattle is I don't know as much about football <laughs> as <laughs> no. Here's the thing: like yeah. during the end of the uh, Russell's time as the quarterback, I was very much the let Russ cook. You know, I thought ah, this offense is so frustrating. They're just trying to run the ball too much. <laughs> and there were some times where I thought they ran the ball too much. Yep. Right. But <laughs> over time, I kind of and then seeing what happened after, I, I came to realize, oh no, there was a reason behind this offensive philosophy. A lot of it had to do with mm -hmm. the the coverages that. He, you know, that you wanted Russ facing, the way it affected his game. And mm. I think just looking back on, you know, the decisions that Pete made along the way, so many of them proved to be correct ones over time. So I actually kind of look at his tenure with some humility about my own right, analysis right, right. of it. Mm -hmm. it so the short version, Pete knows ball. Yep. Mina Kimes, you have uh, you've really made a name for yourself. Aww. You've been excellent on the trail. I, I'm going to say this. I like to say... I was a Mina Kimes fan before <laughs> most people knew. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you. I go way back. So first, I want to tell you how good of a job you've done. Thank you. That's one. Two, I want to ask you, and you have done a great job in uh, trailblazing for other women to come behind you. And, of course, just like you, you're coming behind others as well. Yeah. How important is it to continue to see more and more women Feel this space. It's awesome. I mean, I love turning on shows, uh, radio shows, TV shows, and seeing women in different roles. Because traditionally, it's been more hosts and sideline reporters, but now we're having you know more analysts, podcasters, mm -hmm. radio hosts, things like that, yeah. and that's very cool. 
Um, so, you know, I, I like that it's just kind of become normal, honestly. You guys have some great ones in Seattle. Stacy Rose does a fantastic job, Mar for example. Dooley, yeah. Mar, yeah. And, um, so it's, it's great. But, like, you know, it's uh, uh, I, I, just speaking from ESPN, it's really possible just because of the players that I work with have been so welcoming and so they've been my biggest cheerleaders and champions. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of like all, we're all working together in this. Do you get what we get when you go out there and say something bad about somebody, they hit you up? Like, Mina, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Who you think you're talking about, Mina? Do, do, you, do you get that or is that just between me and G? It's a little different for me. It's the tone of it, I would say. Oh, okay. Different. By the way, you say you were early on, on me. I feel like I was early on the KJ Wright Media uh, okay. We go experience. Way back. We, go okay. we, did a, we did a show together for my podcast in Seattle like six years ago it's or long. something. Imagine okay. Who's still playing? And I was telling him, I said this to him afterwards. I was like, damn, he's definitely doing media because he's smooth and his analysis yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> so that's been cool to watch on my end. No, yeah. okay. Appreciate well, it. Well, uh, happy for you. Appreciate M it. Mom, Appreciate you know, it. keeping you busy. <laughs> Uh, just we're doing the sleep training now, so yeah, I told you, so I'm, I'm trying. But. Keep it going. Keep it going. All right. Yeah. Amina, thank you so much. Amina, appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Uh, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Kendrick, Kendrick born. born. Everybody in the <laughs> state of Washington should know. You know where he played his college football, you know lad. Come on, man. You know I don't know where you play bro, What you mean you don't know, bro? <laughs> he plays football in Eastern Washington. He will. And by the way, what's crazy he should have been a Seahawk, y'all, because he's Ooh. a Seahawk fan, Ooh. right? Facts. I used to watch the dude as he prepared for the Combine mm. in Bellevue, Washington. He was doing his thing. Yes, KB, sir. what's good, baby? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing, man? I'm great, I've man. seen him dancing, smiling. Uh, every time he'll do 10, 10 bench press, get up, dance. Like, <laughs> Who, Who is this young dude? I, I, I've always loved his energy, man. And then you look at it now, the way you mature mm -hmm. over these years, the way you've yes, grown. When you throw it to them, the number 84 side, it's going down. It's going down. It's going down. And mm. honestly, I'm a mismatch. So growing up in San Francisco, going in San Francisco, I, I was that third down guy. I would get that mismatch. Yeah. And I was showing out. That's how I kind of made my name, man. So now, now it's kind of known. So I can't really hide no more. So mm -hmm. got to step into that maturity role of knowing I'm going to get the ball and competing at a high level. Absolutely. Speaking, into speaking it. of that mismatch, KB, mm -hmm. um, Super Bowl. Yeah. Tell us the story about how. You was about to be a mismatch nightmare. Man, so I got a funny story. So Kyle Shanahan, the night before, Saturday meetings, as KJ mm -hmm, know, you know, mm -hmm. we do our last little reviews. Right. Kyle, like, bro, the way this game about to play out, KB, you might be the MVP. I'm like, bro. And he low-key didn't even say might. He was like, you, you should be the MVP. I'm like, bro, what? Are you, you serious? And I'm, I'm not nowhere I'm at now, <laughs> which was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mentality-wise, maturity-wise. Um, Player-wise, and I'm just like, man. But I had that mismatch role. So Kansas City, the way they played, was a lot of man-to-man, -man, and I could really exploit the defense. But the game didn't go the way it was supposed to. I was a lean receiver. So if the game went exactly how it was supposed to and things executed, mm -hmm. I would have had a great game. But it never came out to play. But that's just a funny inside story. So, Kendrick, did he say this in front of the whole team, or he told you just directly? like mm. In front of the whole team. Ooh. At the you know how the team is. Oh, yeah, in front of everybody. He on the screen like. He, but he low-key just realized it at that point. He like, bro. And I'm, I'm back there like, I'm trying to hide because like, KB, don't put the game on me. I'm not that guy. <laughs> K, KB, obviously the Niners are in the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. Is Kyle Shanahan a real play caller, bro? Is he before? I mean, is he incredible? No, he's the real deal. Obviously, I learned. Uh, that was my first system that I learned, and it was very tough for me. 
uh, coming in as an undrafted guy, and he taught me something like that. But he was very detailed, very detailed in everything that he did from the O-line, um, shifting right, sliding. Mm -hmm. I don't know the terminology of it because I don't play O-line, but making sure they're online. You know, it's like a piano keys. They got to be offset. Everything was detailed. He coached every single thing. It, did, yeah. it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't just receivers. And so every meeting and install on, like, what was it, Wednesday, he was very detailed, and it started our week off to, to go win. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And KB, I see this confidence in you, mm -hmm. like this excitement, like you ready for what's next. When yes, you sir. look at yourself and evaluate yourself mm -hmm. and what you bring to the table, what is something that you feel like, I bring this to an organization. If you got KB, mm -hmm. this is what you're getting. I truly feel like I'm a glue guy. Energy, I said, it's natural. But I've grown into be a glue. So when my teammates going through something, I want them to be so comfortable with me that I can talk to them, that they can open up to me, that they know I won't go tell their business or whatever it may be. It can be a great talk or it can be a bad talk. But know that I'm there for you, bro, and I really want to bring that energy. Yep. So I felt like I really had that with my receiver group in New England, and I helped those guys gel. Uh, I heard a rookie, Demario Douglas, came in. He told me, he's like, bro, if you wasn't here, it'd be tough. And it, and, it, and it warmed my heart because I'm Ooh. like, you know, I, I kind of break the ice. Like, they like he goofy and he having fun. Mm -hmm. He a patriot. Mm -hmm. And so those little details I feel like I would bring to any organization. KB, I've always been a fan of yours. I've been knowing you. you, following your career. And you've sure. always, you keep that energy. Mm -hmm. However, I do know and I have seen, like KJ's talking about, mm -hmm. I see a real difference in you. Thank you. So I want to know this, and everyone wants to know. Mm -hmm. We want to know why. We want to know what happened. Yeah. Because this just Great didn't question. happen overnight. No, what no happened? Doubt. So, honestly, when I was young, I uh, went through the common, common ground, spending a lot of money, um, making the wrong moves, out all night, doing the wrong things, women, all the whole nine of the life. And uh, I met my guy, Henry Oregon. Shout out to my agent, my new mm -hmm. agent. I switched over with him after the Super Bowl. And uh, he just told me, if you keep this up, man, you, your life is not going to be good for longevity and, and for, for the long haul. Mm -hmm. So it was those little decisions that I had to start making of investing, buying real estate. Now I'm buying real estate with him and, and doing the right thing. So... The confidence is there. The maturity is there. I can, I can speak confidently because I'm doing the right things. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to come on here and say that if I really wasn't really doing it. So it was those little things of controlling, setting myself up off the field made me a better football player. Mm, because yeah. now I'm not thinking about things off the field. Yeah. My, my finances, my family, everything's set up yeah. off the field. So now I can go play free. Mine, mm -hmm. mine is in a good place. And are you in a space where you're confident and comfortable enough to be that voice in the locker room to be like, Hey, young buck, I was you five mm, years ago. Yes, mm. Hey, I was you. Hey, hey, are, hey, hey, let me come, come with me. Let me show you what I'm. Are you, are you in that space where you want to bring and just bring guys to where you are now? Mm. Absolutely, and I think that's why God has made me so as an extrovert, so yeah. I can express myself freely and not be closed in and keeping this information to myself. Yeah. So we just signed Tyquan Thornton. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a younger guy mm -hmm. to disrupt the sports with my agent and. Uh, it's those examples. He, he was, like, searching, like, bro, this, this my agent is this and that. And I'm like, he wanna, I want to do the right things off the field. So everything yep. I'm hearing is what I just went through. So I'm like, he like, I want to do this. I want to sign my mom to my agency to, to make her my agent. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, bro, sign over here. He going to give you the blueprint to right. be successful off the field. Right. And even the young guy, Demario, just telling them, invest your money. Do this. Do that. Don't, don't fall too, too far in, in, in the wayside with the, with the clubbing and all that. And so those little details, and I'm trying to get to a point where I want to be a captain. I want to be a team captain. So yeah. I'm really working towards that, but very, being vocal has been easy for yeah. me, man. Good. I love talking Good. about this because 
Kendrick Bourne is a free agent. I just want yes, everybody sir, to know. He is a free agent right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he is a free agent. But uh, so real quick, though, but I want to even we talking about this free agent and Kendrick Bourne. You've mm-hmm. given Henry, uh, your mm-hmm. agent, some love. But mm-hmm. you also said something that I was listening. Right. Mm-hmm. You mentioned family. Sounds like wife. Mm-hmm. You also have mentioned your it feels like you've mentioned faith. You mentioned Amen. God. Yes, sir. Talk about those two things and how they really impacted yes. you. Yes, God is ultimately the main thing, bro. He uh I went through a situation where I was just in a lifestyle, like I said again, and uh God showing me where my life was headed to destruction in a sense. Like he showed me bright and clear where I was headed and I made a decision to commit to the Lord that I'm gonna live right, I'm gonna live Amen. by the word, I'm gonna do the Amen. right things and uh, treat my wife right, treat my kids right do everything and uh to 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 a real disciplined manner like i i don't live how i used to live i don't spend my money how i used to spend my money and it all goes back to god and how detailed he wants me to be Mm. and how i live so now it's just awesome so that's a great point it's henry but it's ultimately god sending me henry sending me things that i have to see the signals and take heed to him And KB, we're in kind of we're in kind of similar situations in year eight i had my knee injury wow contract year just the anxiety that i had like when free agency came like, i was like god please i don't know what's about to happen like god <laughs> please let something good happen For like real. where are you at mentally coming off your injury and then heading into free agency so it, it's funny because i felt like if i got hurt in my year one i would be i would be messed up <laughs> i would be tore up right. but i i was luckily i was blessed enough to not get hurt until year seven and it's just a perspective thing so like now i built a resume of yep. my name and I know you said you was in year eight, but I, I've changed so much and done things off the field to set myself up that this knee injury is not as stressful because I'm not playing for money. Mm. I'm not playing for other things. I'm playing for the, the remembrance, the, 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 the joy of playing in the league and, right. and remembering the memory. So trying to build a dynasty behind that, and, and it's been helping my rehab. So I'm in good. a good mental state, and whatever happens, it, God got it in Amen. his hand. Like you just said, he – Whatever he wants me to go through. Because I was having my best year, and I, I feel like I got hurt because he wasn't ready for me to be a superstar. <laughs> like, so he's like, not yet. He's like, not yet. So, so I'm like, all right, guys. So now it's, it's, a, it's a mental um, journey for me to just focus on, okay, how do I be patient with my knee? And I just had a daughter, so it, it's hard. She, I have to be patient with her, holding her. She crying mm-hmm. for no reason. So it's like a patient battle with me that I'm growing and I'm ch- t- challenged by God to just keep growing in those areas. Good. Mm. Good, good. Jared Mayo. Oh. New head coach for the Boston Lime, the New England Patriots. Your thoughts? So I love him. Um, he, he was with Bill the whole time, um, his, his whole career. And then, so he, he's seen a perspective of Bill from coaching, uh, from, from playing, yep. and then coaching. Yep. You know, we, players don't go in the coaches' meeting. You, you don't know what those conversations are. So I think he's going to have a sense of the locker room that Bill kind of didn't have. Um, he's younger, so he's going to bring an old-school mentality but a new school, and I think it's going to gel well. So players that come through there, it's going to be a different feel, I feel like. And it's going to work. Are we good? Your agent looking at us. Like, okay. Uh, I, got, I got one question, one Uh-oh. Patriot way question. Uh-oh. When you lose, mm-hmm. when shit gets bad in, in, in the Patriots organization, is it, like, really, really, really bad to where he, like, <laughs> on your ass? Or is it, like, direct, firm, strict? Like, what is, like, the losing and responding to that? It depends on how the game goes. So, it, you know how be, <laughs> So, if we get smacked, if we, like, making mistakes, doing yeah. this or that, then it's on your ass. Like, he, he on you. Like, bro. This and is he'll come, call out anybody. 
anybody. Mm. You know he did with Tom Brady, all that stuff. We can't <laughs> anybody, bro. And so it's it's that. So, But if we have a game where we could have won, we made the – it was just little things. Then it's kind of like, all right, we just lost. But when it's like, bro, he just – he don't under – he can't fathom how we did that wrong, <laughs> then, it, then he's on it, Does bro. he call it out where he show it on the film in front of everybody or he just like looking at you straight, straight ahead? Yeah, he wants to embarrass you. Oh, because wow. he wants you. He knows what that does. You, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Pete, Pete Carroll, yeah. They same, same. When the coach puts yourself up in front of everybody, you don't want to be up there again. Nah. So, <laughs> and he knows that, bro. So it's a certain way of coaching, which I respect because it holds us to a higher standard. Right. I don't want to be up there again. So I'm, I'm going to do this. <laughs> when, I, when I see this play again or do this, I'm going to do it right Absolutely. this time. We got a couple more minutes with you, but this is important. Mm -hmm. When I look across the league right now, yeah. I keep seeing you've been in the league. Now you're going on year eight, yes, right? Sir. I keep seeing in the league poly culture, your Polynesian brothers coming mm. into the league, Samoa being yes, represented. Sir. What does it mean to you to be one of the big brothers, the Usos? Mm. What does it mean to you with your culture in the league? I, I absolutely love it because uh, we don't get a lot of respect. Um, you know, I'm Avakasi Samoan and black. Juju is too. So I kind of get to meet both worlds. It's awesome. But the poly side, they're so loving. They're that yes. type to, like, take care of their family. And, and give too much. I've, I've, I was that person, too. So I would suggest to my poli side, you know, take care of yourself that, so that you could take care of your family longer. Don't, don't get into doing it for three years. You can do it for 50 years yeah. if you do the right thing. So we're so loving in our culture, so warm-hearted that we'll give everything and, 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 then, and then leave ourselves out. But in this day and age, you got to take care of yourself to help others. So mm -hmm. with, my, with my Samoan side, I, I love how, how much we've grown and where we're going, but we got to learn how to, to love ourselves so that we can love harder. And our family don't understand, so we got to be the examples Ooh. in the league to give them that, that knowledge. Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm obviously I'm not Samoan, but from <laughs> yeah. what I've seen, from what I've seen, it's more of the give, give, give. Come on. Before taking care of yourself. That's yeah. just me from the outside looking in. It is. That's me from outside looking and, in. And Seattle got a lot of – Seattle has a Polynesian community that's crazy. Yes, sir. They're everywhere. So you're yes, right, sir. bro. It's like you, your family has to water you too. Like we, we give Ooh. so much, bro. We give Ooh. so much, bro. So it's, it's your hard, bro. Your family and has I, to water and you I, too. I can only say this because I've been through it, bro, where my family just didn't understand. So now when I took a step back, I'm like, I have to give myself three years. Y'all got to wait. Because if you, if you really want to win, wait for me. To do this right, Boy, to do this I'm real no, estate right. KB, I've never, <laughs> I, 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 I've, never my, I've never in my life heard that. You're getting deep Our here. Fam, the family has to water you too. Yes, bro. Let's, it's let me, hard. Let me break down what KB's saying. It's hard. We got 30 seconds. And this is a this is a, a, a African-American community and Samoan. It's the, it, yeah, it's because, the same Because people, when we thing. get in this position, people look at us. They want from us. They pull from us. And we become empty. Mm. And, and, they don't, and they don't see it. They don't see it. They only see it from their point of view. But you don't realize that five, four or five other people doing the same thing you're doing. Mm. Wait a minute, we're not going to get into that. If, it, if anybody is upset. Oh, if anybody's upset that this interview's ending now, that's because the man's got to go. But, <laughs> put, the, put the camera on her real quick. But, but, it's her. But, it's her. Dear, she's bullying but, but, I, but I'm going to say this. As he's getting ready to go and you want to hear more, I'm talking to the GMs. I'm talking to the presidents. Sir. I'm talking about to the owners, to the NFL organizations. If you want this in your locker room. My dog. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Appreciate your family. Thank you, bro. Y'all some real ones, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, time be flying. Bro, time they really do. 2017, 2018. It was like I was. So, you was there all eight, 18? No, you, I had. Yeah. I left. 
mm-hmm. right? And then I went to went to therapy mm-hmm. for a small, well, for a couple months, seeing my daughter born, mm-hmm. and then I signed with the Redskins. The end. Of, I finished the year with the Redskins. Who's your coach? Gruden was there. Yeah, he it was terrible. <laughs> why, why? Why was it? Well, hold on, hold on. Why? Why was it terrible? I, none of the players respected him. Why? Not not like Pete Carroll. <laughs> I hear nothing, nothing, nothing good about Jay Gruden. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Well, tell me why they didn't respect him though. I think it was more so because uh, the consistency of what was going on there. You talk about the training staff. You had the training staff, the head trainer mm-hmm. coming in like two hours late. What? Then all of the players. I mean, he's not there no more, but I'm just saying. I mean, obviously. He didn't hear, he, he hear from me. He wasn't, he wasn't there when he was supposed to be there. Right, right. And I just think that uh, a lot of the players didn't really take lightly to some of the stuff that was going on. Like, even because I didn't know exactly what was going on upstairs and things of that nature mm-hmm. because I had just got there. But I think that they didn't look at him as like, you know, they would be talking back to him, and, like, he could be talking in the – like, we could be in the middle. You know how the, the coaches call us up? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they'd be talking yeah. over him. While he's talking? While he's talking. The head coach? The head coach. So, anybody wow. that I know that's been to, to the commanders, Anthony McCoy, J.J., that is like, this place is a nightmare. I mean – It's different. A nightmare. It, it's, this is what it sounds like to me. When you experience Seattle yeah. for a bit of time, and then you leave, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. There's a big, is there a big, really a big difference, man? Yeah, the grass is, isn't always greener, mm. right? Even even with me being in Philly, Philly, Philly was 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 a, still a great place. It just was hard as far as the fans. Like the fans are super passionate there, right? <laughs> like they gonna get on your butt each mm-hmm. and every day. Yeah. But then going to Seattle, it's a family atmosphere, right? You you can bring your family into the locker room, things of that. It's, he has that camaraderie from, from everyone, right, mm-hmm. on the team. But when you go to the commanders, it's like, okay, I was working out, right? I had left Seattle. Yep. Had my little mental health stuff. And then they had 22 people on IR that year, right? They had 22 people on IR. Like, on the Seahawks? No, uh, the commander. Or okay. Redskins, yep. right? That's when Alex Smith, they had started off like mm-hmm. 7-0, and then they started losing because everybody started getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So they get me in the the they get me in there, right? I go, I do my workout, mm-hmm. but I didn't really see any doctors or anything like that. So I basically go in, and I didn't even really know that I was that they was about to sign me. So no physical, not really. Whoa, no. whoa, 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 whoa! No, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Sometimes in the movie, I don't be paying attention, Listen. and I got to rewind it. So let me rewind real quick because yeah. you said when I left here, I had some mental health situation, yeah. and then you went to the commanders, yeah. and then no physical, no checking up on you and all that, and they went to sign you? Yeah, so basically, you know, they took us, they took us in the room, but it, we, it, the, the protocols that you're supposed to do as far as the physical, we did some of it. We didn't do all of it yep. but because I think they just needed someone to fill in that Sunday. Like, come, like, come we, on in. Get your yeah, ass in there and let's play. Yeah, mm. we, we need you to play because we don't have we, – we need, we need somebody outside linebacker, and you're the guy. Yeah. All right, if y'all don't know who I'm talking to, this is my guy, Marcus Smith. 
My teammate from 20, oh, I feel old. <laughs> I feel old. 2017, 2018. And, bro, first of all, I want to say from, from brother to brother, I'm proud of you. Appreciate I'm it, really bro. happy for you um, speaking up, using your voice. And every time I see you on Instagram, I'm, I'm tuned in. Man, what what Mark that, is talking about. Well, can you, can you take, there's a lot of people joining us right now, and I think that uh, it would behoove everyone to really pay attention to this message right here. Take us back. You talked about a mental health situation. Mm -hmm. Explain. Yeah, so 2018, I just signed a one-year deal with Seattle Seahawks, and I had uh, a run-in with suicide that year, right? Um, this was in camp. I had been dealing with anxiety pretty much my whole entire career, and that was a point in time where it kind of got too much, and I just really just wanted to end the pain, and this is when I was in Seattle, and uh, I actually, I had an attempt, right, um, but what stopped me was my, my wife. She called me, and then my mother-in-law called me after that. And so if you know in Seattle, um, you could take the scenic route and rent into mm -hmm. to the facility, mm -hmm. and that's the way I was going. And uh, once I was at the bottom of the hill, I basically, that was the first time I actually said to myself, like, okay, I need help, and something is, something is really, really wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So that's when I went to Pete Carroll. I went to the trainers, Coach Hurt, mm -hmm. and I, that was the first time I said I needed help. Hold up. That's the first time in your life you said, I need help. Yep. Can y'all help me? Yep. How did they do when you were going through that moment you said, I needed help? Man, that was probably the perfect place for me to be in terms of getting help, right? Mm -hmm. Because once I went in there and I was talking to Pete, they understood that I was going through something and that I was going to be able to just walk away and go get the help. Now, mm -hmm. they put me in contact with a therapist that could actually help me that really helped me for like four to five years, mm -hmm. even, even after she had just recently retired. And so me being in Seattle was the perfect place because I don't know if I would have been anywhere else if it would have been the same or if I'd be looking at you two right now. So it was God's purpose for me to be in Seattle yep. because of Pete's, uh, his demeanor and how Coach Hurt is because that was my, that was my coach in college. Mm -hmm. Brother, if you don't mind me asking, if we can go back again back to that, that day, you know what I mean? Like you said, you got to the, you know, the bottom and you, th you knew you needed help. Was there something specifically that you were going to do to yourself at one point? Yeah, so if you go on this, this scenic route, um, it's like it's this long hill, and it has rocks on the side. It's almost like, kind of like a movie. Okay. I was trying to drive off of that and hurt myself. You get what I'm saying? And so what was jerking me back was my wife. She called me because she always calls me before I go to the facility. Okay. So the reason why I jerked the car back was because she called me. And you know when somebody calls you and you have your Bluetooth hooked up, mm -hmm. it rings through the car. So mm -hmm. it's super loud. And so when it rang through the car, that's what snapped me out of it, and I jerked back. Oh. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was there with you. I was there with you. And I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck. I was extremely ignorant to what anxiety is. I was extremely ignorant to, like, what, what pressures people face and people going through stuff. And I didn't, I didn't, it didn't hit me until my eighth year in the league. Mm. It didn't hit me until I messed my knee up and I was going through free agency. And, bro, when I tell you I would go to bed crying at night, mm. I would go to bed sweating, I would, I would wake up with, like, with panic attacks. Yeah. Right? I've had two panic attacks. I don't even know if I told you this, mm -mm. Jim. Mm -mm. I've been to the hospital twice. Yeah. 
What? Because you, you, you're thinking that you're having a heart attack, but it's really a panic attack. Gee, I've been to the hospital twice for uh, panic attacks. I, call, I, I said, babe, I'm dying. I said, I'm dying right now. I never told you this. I don't no. think I ever told anybody this. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So you in the bed, you in your room, you, do you wake up in the middle of the night? Tell us this. No, oh, this, let me tell you the first episode. So the first episode was when I had my surgery. I had my surgery right in the middle of the pandemic, right? And when I tell you so many things was going through my mind, I'm like, damn, the Seahawks about to cut me. The Seahawks about to draft somebody else. Oh, I'm not going to be healthy enough on my contract year. They're going to put me on IR. Like, I just had all these thoughts going through my brain. And I woke up one day, and um, I was going through my day, and my heart was just beating out of my chest. Mm. And I would just slow down, still beating. Had to call the ambulance. And you yep. went by the ambulance to the hospital? No, my wife, I called the ambulance. They said, we think you're having a panic attack. My wife came home, and she took me to the hospital. Yep. I, it didn't hit me until I'm, I'm 29, 28 years old. And that's how I was, too. I was kind of ignorant to it. Um, and mine would happen in, in spurts, but I would kind of ignore it. But over time, you know, as you get older, and I always tell people this, when you have certain things that have happened in your life, trauma, it could be anything, right? Those things travel with you, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and until you actually, those, those things are, are really are compartmentalized in your brain, and they're still there, right? So until you, like, push them to the front of your brain and release them out your mouth, they can still affect you. Wow. When you're, when oh, yeah. you're older. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of what happened to me. Yeah. So we fast forward to today, in your works today. Mm -hmm. Tell the world right now, what are you doing? Yeah, so um, I'm the CEO of the Circle of M, which we unmask the feelings that cause anxiety and depression. And my logo is a half helmet, half face, because oftentimes mm -hmm. as football players, mm -hmm. as athletes, mm -hmm. um, we don't know how to take the helmet off or we don't know how to Ooh. separate ourselves from the athletic world because that's what we've been doing our whole entire lives, right? Mm -hmm. And so I hold a healing circle for guys, for former players and active players through All Points uh, mm -hmm. North who they, they have, a, it's a treatment facility, but we do it online to really just create that locker room feel. Yep. Again, right? And then, I, I obviously, I have a podcast. But it's really to continue to just push that, that message out there and continue to get guys to be vulnerable. Mark, let, let me ask you this. How is it humanly possible to separate the football player from the person? We do this game, a lot of us, at 10 years old, high school, college. We're glorified. Teachers just pass us when we're in high school. We get praised by hundreds of thousands of people on game day, what are steps that as athletes we can take to really separate between the football player and the person? Well, I always, I always say this. We have to become aware first because awareness and actually having the education and knowing that of how to separate yourself is the first thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then what I did was once I went into therapy, and everybody, you know, therapy might not be for everybody. Let me, okay. let me get that straight, right? Okay. But when I went into therapy, I got to find out who the real Marcus Smith was, Ooh. right? Because I didn't know who I was, right? She had to take me back to when I was younger mm -hmm. to, to things that mm -hmm. I may have dealt with that mm -hmm. I had never really talked about, mm -hmm. right? And I had to know, like, okay, that's how I figured out, okay, I'm more than football. I'm more than just this game. 
So that's how you kind of separate yourself from the helmet of knowing like, hey, you know, these people out here, they see me as KJ Wright, the football player, mm -hmm. but what is my true purpose? And that's what I help guys find out mm -hmm. because oftentimes we, it's hard for us to find our true purpose. You said you, you mentioned that you talked to a lot of former players, mm -hmm. right? Um, when you're talking to your brothers that used to be in the league and everything, what's one of the um, top things that are bothering these players? Mm. What are some of the top things that's really in their hearts that I'm not telling, asking who, I'm just asking what is? I, I know the answer. I got my answer. <laughs> well, well, one of them, one of them, and it might be different, but one of them is concussions. One of, one, of the, one of the top topics that comes up and that guys are scared about is the cognitive impairments that we suffer with while playing and afterwards, right? When you talk about memory loss, when you talk about uh, taking a long time to process your thoughts and things of that nature, that's one of the things that come up the most. And what I have to do in the healing circle is I have to make them aware of what is out there like we were just talking about before we got on this, right? Because the NFL doesn't really talk about what can actually help us with that, mm -hmm. right? Because they're like, we don't really want to talk about concussions. We don't, we don't really want to have to deal with that because we signed, technically, we made, we made a pact. We signed yeah. to play. Oh, yeah. So if yeah. you sign to play, like, we don't, why, oh, yeah. why do we have to talk about it, mm -hmm. right? So I have to be that bridge, right, to say, like, look, you could do this, 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 and this, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll give an example. So when I first got done playing, I had, bro, I still got the video. You hit me. <laughs> he gave, he gave, my, my boy gave me a concussion. <laughs> my boy gave me a concussion. So hit you in. So we was playing Redskins. This, was, this was, at home? Yeah, this at home. I'm coming down the line. The running back ducks under right? AJ is about to kill this guy. I'm trying to kill him too. He ducks under and then AJ, we, we bump heads, right? Mm -hmm. So that was my last, uh, that was my last, you know, concussion, mm -hmm. right? And so after that, I think I came back like a, like a week later. Yeah. But I feel like because I didn't really take the time to get my, myself back right, I was so eager to get back on the field. I had problems right when I was finished, finished playing. Marcus, listen. <laughs> listen, bro. I told the NFL this myself. I said, you have got to make it mandatory. Mandatory. When you get a concussion, you cannot play the following Sunday. No, bro. You are still foggy. Light still bothers you. you are, this is brain trauma. Yeah. Your brain had a damn injury. Yeah. Why are you going to go back and play football the next Sunday and have brain contact once again? Yeah. That is bizarre to me. Yeah. That is bizarre to me. Mm. How you preach player health and safety, but a guy gets brain trauma and he plays the following Sunday. It don't make sense. Don't make no sense. <laughs> it don't make sense at all. But So, let me slow down. <laughs> <laughs> let me slow down. I feel the passion. <laughs> I know, hey. G. Yes, sir. You ask the question you asked. Mm -hmm. ask, me, ask me one more time so I can okay, get it right. I'm going to ask you. My man does the healing circle. And when he's talking to former players, former brothers, and when you are talking to former brothers, 
what is the biggest thing that seems to be in common that you guys talk about that you are dealing with as former players? Oh. What do you okay. got? He said he started off with concussion. Well, this is something that we don't talk about. I'll tell you what we don't talk about, which I think bothers guys, is how other people view us mm. once we're done. Mm. Ooh. Mm. We. You, mm. sure, you sure you want to go down this lane? Ooh, I love it. Please. I believe that one of our biggest struggles is how do other people see me when I'm no longer wearing the helmet, shoulder pads, cleats? And mm. what are they seeing? Mm -hmm. What are they really seeing? And I believe that's, that's a battle that guys really go through. Mm -hmm. Did you battle it? Tell the truth. Did you battle it? I did. Let me, let me tell you what I, what I don't like. Is when you're done playing and you, you, you at home, right, or you go around your people, they ask the question. You don't want to answer that question. It gets on your nerves. You know what I'm saying? Well, what happened? Or, well, why are you no, not playing? The question I get, what are you doing now? Yeah. So, so, so what are you doing now? What, what do you have going on with your life? Yeah. <laughs> I, just got, I just got done two days ago. Mark, I swear, to, I swear to you, bro. I'm telling Somebody, you. So what do you have? What's next? What do you, I yeah. don't you, know. You ain't even had, really had time to process what you want to do next because that's what you, what's been your focus for what? How long you played? Ten years. I played. I played eleven years. Eleven years. Um, but no, take it before then. I, I played in middle school. Well, yeah, middle school till thirty-one, thirty-two years it's, old. It's the Kobe mentality. Yeah. So, one thing I love about people that are listening right now, viewers right now, and I don't care whether you're dealing with mental health issues or a loved one is dealing with mental health issues, it's a real thing. I'm just grateful that folks like you are willing to use your platform to talk about it. Yeah. So what's next? What's next that you are recommending for the world? What's next something that you can offer that you're continuing to go, go with? Yeah, I think what's next is really for all the guys who are playing and the players that, are, that come after and the guys who are done playing, I think the education needs to be a priority, right? We can't. Yep. Just continue to talk around right. this issue right. because we know that it's there. And so I want people and players to know, like, you don't got to die to understand what you may be dealing with with your brain, right? Damn. Because what, what they say is that, okay, in order for us to really know if you got CTE or you're dealing with that, you need to donate your brain. Well, there are symptoms that uh, – <laughs> that these, there are studies out there from Harvard University that I've done research with mm -hmm. that can speak to that. But then what is the solution behind it? It's not the end-all, be-all, right? You don't – we become depressed because we feel like there's no answer. Mm -hmm. So I want to be a bridge to the answer, right? I wasn't like this when I, when I first came out of the league. I had well, impairment. Bro, I was processing. I was speaking very slow. I was – very lethargic in some of the things that I do. My reaction time wasn't as fast. But then when I really started working on my brain health, mm -hmm. I'm a lot better than what I was in 2019. So I know what I speak and what I say, this stuff works. So that's why I just really want the NFL to push more for, for the education right. behind it because you, you're not going to be able to get guys to stop playing. We don't want guys to stop playing. But if they are going to play, let's give them yeah. the remedies, the things that are right. going to help them live a long life. Amen. Amen. Marcus, keep it going. I got you, bro. Keep it going. It's needed. It's much needed. And um, 
And brother, brother, thank you, man. I appreciate you too, yeah, bro. Man. Yeah. Glad you're doing Everybody well. Everybody out there, follow Marcus Smith out there. Can he find you on Twitter, Instagram, or anything like that? Yeah, Instagram is uh you know, everybody called me Money Mart. So it's Money Mart 9 1 on mm -hmm. Instagram. Twitter is uh, Marcus Smith II. And the biggest question is how can you be safe in a game so violent? Oh, uh, That's a very good one. How can you be safe mm -hmm. in a game so violent? Just letting you know our personalities. Right, right. I, I, think, I think I got into, uh, yeah, you got it, yeah. I got into the wrong place. <laughs> we'll, we'll, take care of you. we'll take care of you. Jeff Miller. Now, your official title is, is the VP, Vice President of Safety. Talk about that. Yeah, um, I, I lead our communications efforts at the league, okay. um, but also uh, spend most of my time on player health and safety. Okay. So looking at ways to make the game safer, understanding injuries on field, understanding equipment, surfaces, playing rules, um, and certainly engaging with the trainers and the doctors and others to try to make the game as safe as possible mm -hmm. for the people who play it. Well, let's start off. That was a pretty good answer. Let's start off as if you and I were in the elevator right now. Yeah. The elevator is going to take us 60 seconds to get to the top. <laughs> okay. Explain to us right now what the league is doing right now to make this game safer. Sure. Well, there's a number of different uh, work streams we have against equipment, against understanding injuries, against rehabbing players, against getting them, making sure that they're in the best possible shape they can be um, when they play the game. And one of the things that we use as a metric to understand whether we're making any advances is the number of players number of player games lost during a year. Mm -hmm. So one a player misses a game for whatever injury, that counts as one. This past year, in 2023, we saved 700 player game lost over the year before. So that equates to two to three guys being available on Sundays that weren't available a year ago. So that's fewer lower extremity injuries, that's maybe fewer concussions, that may be fewer other injuries, so that players are healthier with a very real metric, meaning they're available to play on Sundays than they were a year ago. Wow. What, what do you mean by you save players? Like, what, do you, what, what did you guys do to keep players? Yeah, I'll give you, Casey, I'll give you one really good example. Um, about a year and a half ago, or maybe two years ago, we had a better appreciation for how many injuries were occurring right at the beginning of training camp. You mm -hmm. remember that time, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. oh, Those yeah. first 10 days are terrible from an injury perspective, mm -hmm. right? It's intense, you guys ramp up super fast, mm -hmm. the pads come on, and when I look at the injury rates for players in those circumstances, the injury rate is the highest at any point during the year. Is that right at the beginning yes. of training camp? Yes. You guys are suffering hamstring strains, calf strains, all the groins. things. And those mm -hmm. things, groins, there are, there are two players on every team who suffer an injury at the first part of training camp. That injury, soft you know, tissue injury mm -hmm. that dogs them throughout the entire season. Those injuries recur. Ah. And throughout the, throughout the year, yeah. guys miss. And so what we did, working with the Players Association, all of this is done collaboratively, is we put limitations on the sorts of activities that players can engage in at the first part of the preseason, the yeah. training camp, ramping up a little bit by day. And what we saw was in the first year, we saw about a 25% decrease in some of those lower extremity injury yeah. rates. Got that it. continued year two. And interestingly, I talk about recurrence. You know, you had a hamstring pull the first 10 days and mm -hmm. it came back. We saw those drop by 50% this year based on the way the players were yes. trained when they came back to training camp. Yes. And so when I say about you know, saving time, guys were more available as a yes. result of some of the things that we were doing. That seems you know, kind of rational. Hey, hey, look, let's not jump right into full contact practices. Let's not go. That makes sense. But mm -hmm. until you actually create the rules around it, that doesn't necessarily happen. Yeah. And there's two type of tackles that is happening around the league, right? You have the tackle where they call the hip drop tackle. Yes. Where you grab a guy and you fall on him. Yes. And there's another tackle where a guy's coming across the middle, the safety's coming from here, we're seeing safeties go low. Yes. 
And, and to my understanding, it's been a big concern with those two type of tackles. Where are we at going forward with protecting guys and, and at the same time making sure the defender has a chance to bring down the guy? Yeah, it's a really timely question because as we go into the offseason, we'll be talking, my team on the health and safety side, we'll be talking to the competition committee, the rules-making committee, uh -huh. and the Players Association who engages with us on all this about potential rules changes. What we identified in the hip drop tackle which is a relatively new finding for us, is that when players engage in hip drop tackle, dragging a guy down, deleveraging their legs, and landing on the, mm -hmm. the ball carrier's legs, we see an injury rate oh, yeah. 25 times higher mm -hmm. than your average tackle. Wow. 25 yeah. times. And that's not just any injury. These are broken bones. These are high ankle sprains. These are big time loss injuries oh, that yeah. lead to a problem. And so, like we took out the past years, you know this, the, you know, uh, blindside blocks. We took out crackback blocks. Cutting, cutting on the perimeter. Cutting on the perimeter. Thank you. We took out some of those things, <laughs> yeah. and that yielded more player availability, more health. Now, yeah. it's not easy, right, you know, for a defensive player to say, i got to get the guy down any which way I can. Yeah. And so if it's dragging a guy down, that may be part of it. So there's an edu educational piece to this, and we need to mm -hmm. spend time with the coaches and the players so that they better appreciate that. And so the hip drop will be something we talk about over the next month to say, how do we get this out of the game? Yeah. And it's not about penalizing anybody. It's mm -hmm. just about making players safer. And so if we can eliminate it without fining anybody or putting a, a flag on the field, that would be fine. Yeah. But it has to come out from my perspective as the health and safety person, and it's a debate that we need to have. Yes, yes. A lot of people right now, the argument that's going around the country, I used to have it too, is grass versus turf. Sure. And one of the things that I just recently saw, I just recently saw that when it comes to grass and turf, it kind of offsets. It's not really one over the other. I want you to talk about that and put that question to bed a little bit because a lot of people have it. Mm -hmm. Look, this is, this, is a, this is a hard one. Um, mm. And we do all of our work. We actually have a committee, with, uh, what we call it the Joint Surfaces Committee with the Players Association where they have uh, doctors, they have engineers, we have doctors, we have engineers mm -hmm. who analyze all of these injuries, mm -hmm. look at surfaces, cleats too, mm -hmm. um, and say, okay, what about this surface may or may not lead to more injuries? Mm -hmm. And we track the injuries. And this year, you just referenced it in 2023, there was almost no difference between grass and synthetic. If you look at all synthetics as a whole and all grass as a whole, it would, the, differ the differential injury rate for your listeners was 0 0.001 which mm -hmm. equates to yep. like six or seven injuries per year mm -hmm. for the entire season. So it's hardly anything. Some years it's a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And you combine that, that's the injury rate. But you combine that with some players saying, hey, I don't love playing on synthetics. I don't feel as good the next day, right? Yeah. And then you add to that performance. When can I cut? Because yeah. obviously you can cut easier on, on synthetics more. You yes. can predict it. Yes. Right? And so it's you have to. Stuck, you, yeah. You stick. Right? Mm -hmm. You get in and out of your cuts faster. It's more predictable than grass where it might be slippery or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at injury, you want to look at performance, and you want to look at player feel. Mm -hmm. And all of those things matter. And so to put those all into a mix and find a way to minimize injuries and still allow the players to perform is a hard thing to do. So what we're doing is we're taking a look at all the injuries where they occur with the players association and saying, okay, are there parts about certain fields? Are there certain fields that have too much infill? Are there certain surfaces that are too soft? Are there certain surfaces that are too hard? What can we do? And also one of our goals is, real quickly, is there are, and KJ knows this, there are 30 different surfaces in our, thir in our, in our stadiums. Like each one plays differently from yeah. the next. Wouldn't it be better, wouldn't it be better if a player could know when he was gonna go play on a synthetic surface that it was gonna feel like the same synthetic surface he played on the week before instead of feeling different? Wouldn't his body adjust yeah. to that faster? Uh -huh. and, and same for grass. 
the grass field that you play on in Chicago in December uh -huh. is going to feel a little different than Miami in September. Absolutely. Right? And we, need, <laughs> and we need to figure out how it's going to feel more the same so that your body can react to it. So it's a lot of work. Yeah. I think we're heading in the right direction. The injury rate is important to us, really important, and players need to know that the, you know, the differential there or the lack thereof, but also these other parts are important to players are worthy of yeah. our research too. Yeah, and Jeff, when I played, I suffered two concussions. Mm -hmm. One of them, it happened. The second one, I was seeing stars, like my head was spinning. And me personally, I was not feeling good until Saturday. Mm. Like I had the concussion Sunday, wasn't feeling good until Saturday. Where are we at? Because I'm a person that advocate in, you get a concussion, you have brain trauma, your brain is rattled. I feel like there's no reason why you should be playing the following Sunday. On I, yeah, on average, on average, players miss a game with a concussion. The median number of days is eight and a half yeah. or so that you miss. Mm. The, um, for the other guys, though. I yeah. So what we, we do, uh, listen, I hear the argument a lot, and, and it's a good point. What we do at the league, and again, these protocols are agreed upon with the Players Association, there is a standard set of steps, as you know, that you need to pass to return mm -hmm. to participation. So it's a five-step process. It's in the medical experts would tell you that's sort of what the international standards are. Um, you're signed off by an independent doctor, as you know, in yeah. addition to your team physician. You have to pass all those tests. You have to increase your activity. You have to make sure that symptoms don't recur. You have to keep moving through that process, and then an independent doctor has to sign off and say you've recovered from the concussion. And so what we try to do um, as often as possible is defer to the medical experts and say, okay, if the team doctor, if the independent doctor, if all these other people are looking at you and they say, in my medical judgment, I agree that you're recovered and you've passed these steps, which are what the protocol says, then we're good with that. Now, on average, that takes longer than a week, but yeah. players can return. Yeah. Can we add to the protocol, give me three days of practice? Because I, like, I feel like we, need to, me about we need to put them in a situation to where you have the anxiety, you have the heart beating fast, you have the contact, you have your eyes moving, you have a football simulated movement versus mm -hmm. looking at a computer, typing up something, uh, re re reciting your ABCs backwards. Can we formulate more of a football scenario mm. before guys actually go back and play in a combat in a comeback sport? I think that's a good conversation worth having. I think that um, one, of the, one of the steps in the protocol is that you're supposed to participate in a practice and, you're not, and your, mm -hmm. and your um, symptoms shouldn't recur. Now, how active that practice is will probably depend on the coach in the day, yeah. as you know. Walk, walk through. <laughs> right. <laughs> you walk through the time. Right, right. No, <laughs> right. no, so for sure. As soon as you get later in the season, there's fewer and fewer contact practices, and Seattle is renowned for not yeah. having a lot of contact practices late in the year, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. So is that something worth considering? Yeah. I, you know, we're open to ideas from, from yeah. all comers and to talk about that a little bit, sure. And do you guys have meetings with current players, with former players, or is it mostly with doctors and you guys are staff. You guys bring in former athletes to it's, converse. It's more with the players' association as a whole. Okay. So we do meet with the executive committee when we talk about rules changes and such. There are by our CBA, there is um, NFLPA representation on all medical committees, whether mm -hmm. it be an engineering committee or our head, neck, and spine, the ones responsible uh -huh. for the protocol, or those who are taking a look at you know hamstring injuries, mm -hmm. that kind of musculoskeletal injuries. The PA is represented in all of those. Who attends, it's usually for sure a doctor, sometimes an engineer. Yeah. And if players want to attend, then that's sort of up to the PA to decide. Okay. Speaking of, since we're talking about concussions, let's go on to something that I have been seeing a little bit here and there. I think it's going to be more popular later on. I want to talk about the, you call them guardian caps? Sure. And what we are seeing. Your thoughts on that and explain that to all of our viewers that are listening. Okay, right now. A, a guardian cap is 
for lack of a better description, kind of a goofy looking thing that you put on top of your helmet. <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> it's a mushroom. It's a mushroom. <laughs> it's a mushroom. Right. That's actually the best explanation. And so we, um, it is an aftermarket device added onto, on top of a helmet. And it came to our attention, you know, a few years ago. We tested those in a lab to say what kind of forces would they mitigate, and they weren't particularly good. So we went back to the company, for, for NFL purposes, they may have benefits for youth football or others, I'm not suggesting that. We mm -hmm. went back to the Guardian cap and said, hey look, we know the sort of impacts on fields that cause concussions in NFL players, because we've studied and broken down against a million variables, all of these things, the forces, how frequently, the location on the mm -hmm. helmet, the dynamics, the play types, on and on. And so we said to Guardian Cap, here's a set of data, design something that will better protect an NFL football player. And they came back and we tested it in the lab and we found that for, if both players are wearing a Guardian Cap, that it lessens the force of each individual blow by about 20%, mm -hmm. which is pretty good because mm -hmm. players do suffer any number of impacts to the helmet, mm -hmm. especially linemen, yep. during the course of a practice or the season. And so we mandated it um, for last year for the first time, a year ago, and we saw that um, the concussion rate, although we didn't really expect this, we were just talking about every hit, we weren't thinking about concussions. The concussion rate for players who wore them dropped by 50%, and mm. then this year, this preseason, same thing, 50% decrease in concussions for those positions who wore them. Yeah. So only it's, only it's, it's, during it's, practice, not only during, during practice. Yeah, right. yeah, not only during, during practice. There were problems, as you know, as a player, some of them would come off, they would slip, other guys, so uh -huh. operationally, we need to get it right with this thing, mm -hmm. and so this is year two. There's still some room to grow yep. with it and to fix it. Mm. But in terms of those practices, especially the ones where there's a lot of contact yep. in the preseason, we saw a huge benefit to player health. And it only makes sense. You, if you take two helmets and you smack them together, that's going to make a big collision. If you put a cushion on the outside of both of them, it, it only makes sense. You got protection on the outside, got protection on the inside. Correct. That for and sure what, lessens well, the, 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 the blow. blow. And what we were concerned about, and the reason we did some lab testing is, if there were a lot of friction between those those two guardian caps, was that going to cause more force to your neck? Were you going to transfer some? Because oh, the heads might stick go, together. Will it go down? Yeah, oh. would, this, would the heads stick together a little bit longer? The beauty of two NFL helmets is that they glance off. Your point is they hit hard, but they glance off each other. There's no ah. friction. So those loads, that energy doesn't transfer. And with a guardian cap, if it's stuck for a second, is it loading? Are we getting more? Um, stingers. More stingers. Yeah, exactly. And ah. we didn't see it. By the way, we, two years, we haven't seen an increase. And so okay. that's the concern, because you don't ever want to in introduce something that's going to have some other negative side effect, okay. which okay. is a concern of ours. All right. My, you, you got a hard job, man. My, okay. You guys have a hard job. <laughs> You're going hard on safety now for like 10 minutes. That's pretty <laughs> oh, yeah. good. Right. My, my last question. My last question. Guys getting ejected from the games. Okay. We see in college, I think college is Horrible. Oh, it's horrible. Horrendous. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're not the safety person for college. Because I'd <laughs> no. be getting on you right now. But, but okay. But um, guys getting ejected from an NFL game, what is something that, like, when a play happens, you got to get, get up out of here. We can't have you no longer participating well, in the game. Well, you know, th those sorts of hits where you have a defenseless receiver, where, as, as an example, I know as a defensive player you're going you're gonna to take issue with it, where a player has options, where a player has options. Where a player okay. has options. Defend, defender has options. Defender has options. And chooses to endanger another player's health, right? Chooses not to pursue that option that would avoid it. Yeah. Those things rise to the level of concern. And it, our football operations group takes a look at these plays, as you know, yeah. on Sundays and Mondays, and that's where you get warnings and fines. Yeah. And ejections on field are uncommon, but they do happen for plays that sort of follow what I outlined. And who's the guy in the booth? Who's the guy, who's the guy in New York that's saying, get him out of here? That's Troy Vincent and John Runyon. 
Oh, Troy Vincent. Troy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Troy would have kicked oh, himself no, out of the this game. Is, this is no secret. You guys know. You knew this, Troy. I knew, yeah. I, I, knew, I knew John was the fine guy. John is the fine guy. But he's, he's standing there watching this with Troy. Ah, I learned something new. Okay. Mm. Okay, you guys call them after this. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thanks Truly for having appreciate me. Appreciate it. it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks. Yep. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> we got our first legend. Man, come on, What's man. What's good? How, yes. long you, how long you been out? Uh, I've been out, shoot, 09, so like 15, 16 years. Hey, bro, you, I'm looking at you. Man, What's your see, workout plan? Man, workout plan, first thing in the morning, I'm, I'm hitting a dynamic warm-up first. Uh, no, foam roll first, dynamic warm-up. And then one day, day one, like Mondays, the cardio, and I hit a, a light dumbbell workout, 30-pound dumbbells, nothing too heavy. I'm not running through y'all anymore. <laughs> I'm not running through you. <laughs> Try, or say trying to run through some people yeah. like you no more. I'm just trying to get up out the bed and functional. You foam I mean, I'm on, yeah, bro. I foam roll, bro. You look absolutely incredible, but you it's the diet, man. That too. Come no, on, man. So, so this is what, so within the diet area, because my mom, my, my, actually not my mom, my wife loves to cook. She's a great cook. Bacon, mm -hmm. so cookies, man, it's ridiculous. Catfish, so, you said catfish? Everything. <laughs> so if I don't, for one, I don't work. One motivation is I know with all the good food and good cooking, I got to move. I got to work <laughs> yeah. out in the morning. <laughs> if not, because they, my boys come over, they're like, hey, G, man, why are you like overweight right now, Marie, cooking up all this? You be eating? I said, no, I don't eat every day. You know, but <laughs> yeah. then the other part of it, we um, so my wife and a couple of my daughters are uh, vegan, so mm. I got to alternate between, you know, are you gonna go to Raising Cane's or I got we gonna do a veggie night tonight? So, <laughs> so it's just like so during the week, what I did, so I had, we didn't do a whole lot of this. I was like, all right, Monday through Friday, I'm with y'all. Mm -hmm. Okay, Saturday weekends. and Sunday weekends. That's yours. That's I Raising Cane's. Okay, I gotta hit it up. I'm in Texas now, so I gotta <laughs> okay, okay, find the brisket, you know, yeah. spot or whatever. Yeah. But uh, but no, that, yeah, that's why. And I took it serious. Just like that part of me hasn't went away from the football field when I was in the locker room. That mm -hmm. mindset of knowing this is my office, the uh -huh. office got to stay clean. I mean, that means being in top shape, mm. you know, oh, yeah. mentally, physically, get my sleep, eight to ten hours, all that stuff. And so I took that mind. That was one thing I took away, like the football part of mm -hmm. it in terms of making sure when I'm done, I got the same mindset towards working out. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of us, oh, yeah. we get done, and it's like guys was like, man, I, I ain't going to want to walk near a weight room. I don't want to get on the treadmill. Right, yeah. So I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, for one, this is going to help my health, you know, and keep me where I got a granddaughter. Look, I want to play with her and her kids. So I'm mm -hmm. that's, that's, you know, I, same big goals I had, at, like, as, a, as an athlete, I got as a, a dad, a father, entrepreneur, you know, Absolutely. out there just keep myself in well, shape. Well, grandparents don't look the same no more. Man. I saw you slip that in there. Ooh, did you call him the granddaddy? Granddaddy. Yeah. Amon, I really want to hit on this. We look at the Super Bowl. We got CMC, yep. who I personally Ooh. believe should be the MVP of the league. Agree. You got Pacheco. You got Pacheco. Seven round out of Rutgers. Yeah, you got two really dynamic running backs. I really want to break down to the people, to the viewers, yeah. the importance of the running back position, Man. what they bring to the table from or obviously running the ball, catching right. the ball, yep. but picking up blitzes. Understand that the quarterback needs you. The team needs you to be on point because the offense can be centered around you. Yeah. Can you really break down, obviously, when you play, but when you see a CMC, when you see yes. one of these running backs now, What's so important about this running back position? I mean, it's important because it's basically they're the, we're a glue. So we get moving first. So a run game established. Some coaches, some of the coaches I play with, offensive coordinators, they wanted to get the run game established in, in four to five plays. 
you know. Hold up, stop. In the first four to five in the plays? first four to five plays. Tommy, let me stop you there. How do you go get something established in the first four to five plays? What if it don't work? Well, that's where we're going to crack different runs, like one outside zone, see if that works, inside zone, just to kind of start softening up the defense okay. and see how they react to that. Okay. Then once when you have a guy like me that's going to average 4.5 a carry and I'm 220, I got a fullback, William Henderson, in, me, in front of me, he's 255. Okay. That's the early tenderizing going on. Ah. Tenderizing. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so you're opening up the defense. Exactly. Opening and then the third or fourth, like after that fourth, like say if it's three plays, we go, okay, we got the run game established. That means we went positive in all three plays. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to start making them think, mm-hmm. play action, mm-hmm. you know, then go back and forth between play action, some pass routes, and running the ball. Because one thing is, y'all know, I know a defender, if y'all could get any information that tells you, okay, the ball's going to the left, it's going to be a screen to that guy, y'all going to take it and go. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make you – so our, I remember um, Tom Rossi, our offensive coordinator, when I first got to Green Bay for the first three or four years, that was the mindset is yeah. to make them – don't make it easy. On, and if, if, if anything, if the coaches forgot, yeah. we remind them, say, mm-hmm. Coach, hey, um, we got – remember oh, our run game right now, number count is right now five to ten passes, so let's get that – you know, so we'll, we'll remind them either uh-huh. – I'll say more in practice because of the play calling just to say, hey yeah. – we're playing um, the Bears this weekend. We know we got to deal with 54, but 55, both of them, if we keep him from doing, you know, thinking him to run over top because he's trying to get behind mm-hmm. the outside zone play mm-hmm. to tackle me. So let's set the, we got to beat up the middle first, and then everything else kind of opens up Absolutely. for, I'm, for I'm, but, but So the thing is, is that I'm, for, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I'm trying to understand because it feels like some offensive coordinators around the league forget that about the run game. <laughs> oh, it, you're right. Like, really easy. So – and then you look at the playoffs, yeah. and literally the team that wins will be the team that can yes. run the ball. Yes. People talk about Mahomes all the time. People talk about Brock Purdy all the time, have this conversation. you right. got to talk about the run game. You have to. Why, then, yeah. do you believe that coaches are forgetting that, going out there, throwing the ball? Oh, I know the answer. Putting, putting, That's an easy answer. Putting, 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 Lamar, putting, putting Lamar Jackson in a situation where his running back ran it three times. Yeah. How is that possible? And they get paid for that. I ain't trying to be disrespectful. Right. So what happens? They, what I've, I've heard thousands of coaches, no, I'll say thousands, a few, a few, about a dozen, i say, coaches say, you know, they, they want to try something different. They want to they wanna try to mix it up a little bit for, like, mix up what? What? What are you trying <laughs> to mix up here? We already got, we got established run game, and now we pretty, pretty much could choose any pass play at any point in our guys. Somebody's going to come open because we got either full committal or half committal of the linebackers. Because it's just one of y'all commit on a play action, you know. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. So they get in caught in what we know what the league is now. It's a passing league. Like they got the six-foot-plus wide receivers that run just as fast as the running back. Mm-hmm. And then they got size that some of, the tight, some of the tight ends or the tackles in the league. And they're going up to, you know, strong warm the ball. But then they know. Uh, quarterbacks know throwing the ball, it could get, you know, intercepted or not, not intercepted, P.I. real fast, then boom, you got a new set of down. And then just the flavor of the month, everything doesn't – run game doesn't look sexy right now. This mm. what we That's gotta, where we're at. Mm. This is what we got to understand know? about mm. the NFL. I believe we, look, we need to look at the NFL differently. Guys, we, this is an entertainment business. Boom. And that's why, that's why I said sexy. This What's is an entertainment business. Mm-hmm. There's no more of the Mike Allstars, the Emmitt Smiths, the hand the ball up 20, 30 Ain't times. grind it out. None of that. These people want their money. But I don't, if, if you want your money and you have no run game, you have no job. True. True. And, and, and they're figuring it out, and that's where they get in trouble. 
But no, 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 no. But what they do, they try to keep their job by doing what's sexy, doing what's trendy, airing the ball up and down the football field. They're trying to keep their job. Yeah. You think these coaches want to bring in this boring old for philo- What do you think the Seahawks uh, interview with Chip Kelly? This is a new day and age, G. Yeah, right, it's yeah. a new. But it. But it, okay. But is it a new day? But, oh, because I, it's still I, the oh, same oh, thing. I, the, the, the winning teams can run the ball. You're right. Yeah. You, you're right. So, yeah. is it, so, so it's a new game. No, it, just, it, just, it just coaches around the league, they have their game plans. And I say a tie with what we're talking about in terms of the look of today, you know, we know it's a passing league. We know that. But the teams, as we've seen over every Super Bowl playoff run teams, those teams run the ball Some, you know, in, in more of a – 30% capacity. Yep. Yep. And then after that, what they got? A defense that's yep. rock hard. They're not going to let you go do anything, run or pass. And that's what we have. And so eventually, how I adjusted to my game is when I saw somebody doing something as a running back that I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. I might put that in my game. I would. I say, hey, I game recognized game, homie. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be like, um, I'm going to go, hey, John, John Harbaugh, uh, Hey, um, uh, uh, Andy Reid, can we? Can I come visit for a week or two? Oh, can I? Can, can you know? Mm-hmm. I'm a young coach. Yeah. Mm. I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you, hey. hey, you perennial in the Super Bowl. You perennial. Oh, Bill, even Bill. Hey, Bill, what's up? You got some time on your hands right now. <laughs> yeah. Can we conversate for a second? Give us some running backs. Give us some running backs. Give us three to five, whatever, whatever you want to call out. Right. Running backs that you said I took from his game. I took from oh, this game. That's easy. I took yeah. from that game. Oh, man. I start with, um, for me, the OG, two of them, actually, two OGs, um, Walter Payton mm-hmm. and Emmitt Smith. Mm-hmm. And then I have Bo. Took some stuff from his game because of my size and speed. Uh, Marcus Allen, um, the way he caught the ball at the backfield, yep. the way he was all, do it uh, all. a guy that did it all. He was a fullback yep. for like two to three years. Yep. And did it, didn't like it, but <laughs> did not complain about yeah. it. Right. You know, um, and then as I grew up watching, like I said, I mentioned Emmitt already. Um, but then getting myself close, even the guys I played along with, I watched. Yeah. Like I saw Marshawn last year in an event, and he's like, "What's up, bruh? What's up, old school, bruh?" I yeah. said, "Bruh." I said, "When he got between him and Buffalo, getting the, his first couple of years in Seattle, putting yeah. it down, and of course the baby Quake, mm-hmm. you know, watching that, and he's like, AG, he went, what, what kind of oh, who the baby? Who the baby Quake? Uh, no. the, the Beast Quake. Beast What actually was like pretty cool was when I met him, he said, hey, old school, I was doing that because I was watching you. Mm. And I'm like, wow. really? I appreciate you, bro. I was like, so because it just, we, you know, we pass it on, right? Oh, yeah. It's probably yeah. young players that watch you play in the linebacker. Same thing. So when he said that, I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, and I saw Fred Taylor and Bobby Wagner conversing. Uh, Bobby went on their podcast, and, and Fred Taylor said, well, I, w- I wanted some of y'all LOB defense. He said, <laughs> I, I would have I wanted that action. When yeah. you look at uh, KJ Wright, <laughs> a Bobby yeah. Wagner, Brandon Meebane, a Cam Chancellor, and you was playing running back. Right. Over under 50 yards. Oh, over. I'm eating, bro. Okay, I, I, I give you over, but hey, eating? I ain't going to lie. I mean – you know what my mindset, you, you asked me this before we went on. My mindset, when I put that helmet on, mm-hmm. like in the locker room, I'm this. Guys didn't know how I had an evil bone in my body. <laughs> yeah. I put that helmet on. Uh-huh. You know who my super favorite superhero is? His name is Batman. <laughs> you go to the dark side. Man, dark side. You I know, feel your energy right, right. now. Right. You yeah. Do you yeah. feel it? Yes. Yes, you feel yes me? I do. Matter of fact, no, no. I saw the vein. I saw the vein, <laughs> so, bro. 
And, and it was interesting. So linebackers, I was like, this is part of my job. Like, I took, like, you know how, you know, you got lawyers, doctors, they got their, their, their creed, their code of but, honor. So my thing was basically never die easy. Okay. And I'm going to do it for four quarters. What you mean never die easy? Walter Payton said it every day. That means when a guy comes and tackle me, he can't do it by himself. He got to bring the whole 10 guys of that defense. Mm. If I'm hurt, I got to play through it the best to my ability. And eventually, eventually I, if I got to put myself up, I'll put myself up. But until that moment, do what I can. That means if I'm hurt, I've had high ankle sprains. What's a high ankle sprain? Mm. I would just be in that game toting the rock. Mm. So whatever I got to do within my mental and physical, I'm about to do it. And then if you're in front of me, it might be a problem for you. Amon, are you a part of this era where I, I experienced this in college where we lived off a of tortoise? No. Nope. You weren't a tortoise guy? No, my brothers would kick my butt. Really? My brothers taught me body weight work, workouts and, most, and learning how to lift weights. So mm. I knew, I got asked that in high school plenty of times. Mm. AG, you got to be on it. I'm like, no, my brothers would destroy me. Because they, they found cause, out. Because they taught me everything I needed to know about getting stronger, working mm. my body out, and all that. So, no. Now, I'm going to say something that I'm glad I'm able to say it now. When you played, I just kept thinking year after year after year. And I finally I said to myself, when is this dude ever going to fall off? <laughs> like, like, no, no, I'm, no, I'm being for real. Right. Because you started out and then and then did you start just getting better. Mm -hmm. What were you doing to extend your career? There has to be something, some secret sauce you had that you was doing to, see, to extend uh, your career. No. You kept getting better. Right. It's uh, no secret. It's hard work. Dedication. You know, I see Ricky during my time. I see Ricky Waters. I see Ricky Williams. I see Sean Alexander. You know, um, trying to think who else was around my time. You know, Anthony Thomas that was in Chicago for a little Sean bit. Sean Alexander. You know, Sean, you know, I said Sean. Um, this guys during my era, you know, I, was, I look at them and like, what are they? I know they're doing something. I see Freddie T. I know he's running Sand Hills, or he's got um, count. Like, I remember Marshawn one time. Another time we met, he talked about how he uh, runs on the sand in combat boots in Timberland. <laughs> I, heard about that. I heard about that. I was like, that's why your ankle's strong. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you got right. You, you right about that, OG. I'm like, okay. So this, I knew they were doing stuff. Mm. You know, my, my one dream, though, I had as more of a, you know, be a teammate without being a teammate thing. So, team, you know, you're running, you're, 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 you compete against other players. So it's like, I wanted to get stuff together where, like, all, like kind of like what uh, Kittle's doing with tight ends, you know, having all the running backs get together. Because having tr our training regimen, I mean, I heard what AP used to do, you know, Adrian Peterson when he did in the offseason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I knew what I did. I, I looked for hills, and I, and I had a weight program that I, that I used from when I was in college, you know, so I still yeah. had that, you know. So it was just putting us together, man, it just would have been a uh, Does that type of mentality, gee, I'm asking you this too, does that exist in 2024? That old school, I'm a work, eliminate distress. Nice. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Yes, uh, but. Mm, I say you ready? To me, little. Yeah, yes, but. It happens in college. It's not happening with y'all. I'll tell you from a fan's perspective, from an outside perspective, here's why it's not. It's harder to happen for y'all because you guys don't have those old school things. You know, you, you, you were mandatory being at the facility yeah. more. Your OTAs were longer. Yeah. Now that is short. We talked about earlier with Jeff Miller, with the vice president for safety for the NFL, and we talked about most injuries in the NFL happen when? The first 10 uh -huh. days of training camp. Mm -hmm. Well, why is that? 
because you guys aren't in the building that much. So a lot of guys are not working as much, so they get in that first window of 10 days and the small tissues, the hamstrings, the the strained calves and all those things. So I'm not saying, how about this? Let me just say, say this again so I'm not disrespectful. I'm not saying that there aren't guys that work. What I am saying is, is I think that there is less and less of those guys that are really putting the work yes. in, like yes. for real in the offseason. Yes. 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 Is that fair? Yes. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And That's I fair. just look at, is it the distractions? Is it the money that they get? Like, what's really yeah. keeping guys from really just dialing in to take mm. care of business and everything and take care of itself? It's a different generation, you know, mindset-wise, right? Um, I'm what, I'm Gen X, I believe, or we Gen X. Yep. Yeah, we Gen X, you millennial. Yeah, you millennials, and then so millennials <laughs> between your age and maybe ten years down. Mm-hmm. And I, I teach and coach at the college level, and so at my level, which is um, between millennials and Gen Zs, where there is a part that you don't see, like you're talking about. Yeah. When you have a little bump in the road, oh, that's all right. You know what? Cool, I got this. Didn't pass yeah. the test. No problem. I gotta yeah. study hard next time. Yeah. That part. It's not being grown, not being cultivated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's yeah. scary. It's scary, ain't it? Yeah. yeah. It's scary, yeah, ain't it? Yeah, and yeah. so it's not just in students. It's in art. We got student athletes, too. Yeah. So just, it's, it's something that where with the right type of coaching. Bring it out. It'll bring it out. And teaching, coaching, or mentorship, whoever's around them can bring it out. So, man, how can people hear all this knowledge? Is it Amon Green's Gamers Lounge? Yeah, so this is where I'm talking about the video game space. Amon mm-hmm. Green's Gamers Lounge. I, I record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Central Standard, but I might be changing my time because I got another show I'm going to be doing locally, uh, the Amon Green Show on the ticket that's right over here. And then myself, uh, a couple of my old teammates, Dorsey Levin and, and Gilbert Brown, we mm-hmm. record ours out. We get one out a week on um, the alumni media. So we've been doing that. What, doing what game? That. Um, you, what, oh, what game? What, what, what game? What are uh, you playing? Oh, Madden and Halo right now. Mm. And then coaching. Let's 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 play Madden. Well, you, you got you got the system out here? Uh, yeah, it's in my room. I, I don't have it here room. right right oh, now. You, you've been it. a gamer for a minute. Oh yeah. Oh no, I, I travel. I had the game cases since they started coming out. <laughs> Wait, I want to make sure we got this straight. So you travel with yours? Oh yeah. Did you travel with yours? Then you ain't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Be that. See, got, speaking of, you brought up. I'm glad. Segway. Green Bay. Green yes. Bay. Green yeah. Bay. What's up, man? What you see with Green Ooh. Bay this year? Jo- I, I, I want to apologize. Jordan Love, sorry, man. I was disrespectful. Let me, I'm going to check my Twitter. I'm going to erase some of the things I said. I had no idea. Sorry. Ugh. What you see with the Packers this year, and are they close to making some, some, some for real noise? They need to add some more pieces, what you like, what you don't like, what they need I to say add. They're definitely close for making some noise. They just, I said really pieces – so far, they, I know they got A.J. and Aaron Jones coming back. Um, uh, Dylan and yep. Good yep. to con- confirm that. Um, for fan's sake and, and GM business sake, hope he keeps sticks, sticks to that because I know things could change. Come, yep. come draft, come free agency. Yep. So having that, and I know the receivers ain't going nowhere because a lot of these receivers Young. are first-year receivers. Mm. So if you're letting go of first receivers, especially. Reed, Watson. You know, you got Reed who probably would have more yards than everybody, I yep. think. He let, the, he let the receiving court. Right. And then you, Dobbs, though, is to me, he's the sleeper. I mm. watched him his rookie year. I'm standing on the sidelines at training camp his, of his rookie year. He's head-to-head with Eric Stokes, starting corner at that time, mm-hmm. who had a two, three years under their belt. Mm-hmm. 
it's goal line situation, and they're going to pass the ball. They split him out to the wide. He's the outside receiver, so he's right. I'm like maybe from here to my man behind the camera. So I'm right there. So I'm just like, ooh. I was like, ooh, I get to see some. Get to see <laughs> yeah. some, right? Because yeah. I got first round Eric Stokes, Romeo Dobbs, third or fourth yeah. round, something like that. I'm like, but all honors in his conference, right? He got awards, and he went to Reno, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, let me see this kid. And sure mm. enough, work, East Stokes, got a, got a split open. Yeah. Was able to get the touchdown on the on the goal line. I yeah. said, I said that's the dude. Yeah. I said because young round, if it maybe because of the the fact he went lower, but what I saw from his college record stated that he's gonna be a guy that's gonna show up. He's Absolutely. gonna be that guy. Hey man, I need you to get open. Yep. You know your quarterback will give you that look where the quarterback said, "Love giving you that. I need to get you. Can you get open for me? He will, he's that guy. Yeah. And I called it. You know they were both rookies with uh, him and uh, Watson, and Watson just. He's got to make sure he gets his legs right, keep the hamstrings from always, mm -hmm. you know, straining all that because he's a problem. Mm -hmm. He's gonna take the over the top because of all that's take, you know, or take the defense top off, and then Romeo and Reed, everybody else, they could just run free, yep. not run free, but run to get open and create more problems for defenses trying to block. And they young on top of that. Should they have suspended Jair Alexander for what he did? What'd you say? What was the first part? Should they have suspended? Should they have? Uh, from a coaching standpoint and even a leadership standpoint, if I'm on that squad, yes. Mm. You would have, you would have been like I'm yeah. okay with that because we know his game level, right? It was something though he did that was probably in the rules or the guidelines of the squad. So just going by the book, he knows the consequences. If he did or didn't, I don't know. But from game recognition, because we were just talking motivation mm -hmm. for these kids today, and yeah. we can't we going we got to display ourselves in a certain way. Mm -hmm. So why are we gonna allow that? We know he's the best corner on the team. If you, it's just simple rules. You you violate it, you got to <laughs> sit down. That, and, and that's where you that's and that's where you send a message. That's to the, younger standard, the standard of the franchise. Exactly. Okay. Amon, you, you ever you ever cheer for the Seahawks still, man? Yes, I do. I just want to make sure. Man, I was that was the team that got me going. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm not a Packer. I'm not a Texan. I'm not a, now a legend because of the Seahawks, right? Okay. You know, um, um, Randy Mueller was the GM at that mm -hmm. time, and. Mm -hmm. Um, Dennis Erickson was the coach, and then they draft me. They get Michael Black, and then they bring in Ricky Waters from the Eagles at that time. So, you know, in my head, I'm like, man, they really trying to, you know, bring a run. We need a run game here or something. They got me. I, got, I was like, I know Ricky Waters. Mm -hmm. He's he been to the chip a couple times <laughs> and got a couple rings. Yep. And, and so I knew understood, like, I'm coming in a place where I'm coming from, right? So, you know, we won two national titles. You know, I'm thinking that's a mindset culture that I'm coming from. So I'm like, okay. Ricky's been there, so I'm like, you know, get there. And so get it going, man. It was just something really – it's all I say, one, a learning experience. Yeah. And then, two, just you kind of feel – you kind of see where, you know, cultures change. Because, like, yeah. when I first got there, Seattle wasn't the Seattle that we know, mm -hmm. that you know. Mm -hmm. It was a culture that was a little bit different. Huskies was bigger than the Seahawks. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that recognized where that – that's where I started to learn that, you know, looking at the coaching I had in Lincoln, Nebraska. And then comparing them to the coaches, like, right away, I'm already seeing what coaches had to deal with. Right away, Dennis Erickson's head was on the table. You know, we got to go to the playoffs or he's gone. They're saying this in during, right, I think, right after the draft on the media. You know, after they draft me and all those guys, it's like, man, it's a different level. Yeah. But you can't let the, the moment be higher than you, you know, yeah. being the coach or being a player at that higher level because yeah. then you'll lose what you forget what got you there. Yeah. The hard work, the dedication, knowing when – Okay, I got to cut out, or knowing yeah. when I got to make the right decision, that's where it starts slipping away, and that's where you come in these, um, I say franchises. Then sometimes you have you have that little, like, 
don't know what's going on mm-hmm. with the culture. Mm-hmm. Well, Lamont. Yeah. Appreciate you, dog. Man, appreciate, <laughs> appreciate it. you. Oh, hey, PlayStation or Xbox? Yeah, both. I'm ambidextrous with consoles. Oh, but you didn't, you didn't bring both consoles, did no, you? No, I got Xbox with me and I got Switch with me. Switch, cause yeah, I don't play I, Xbox. I, I put I'm, I'm going to send you my gamer tag and smack you in Madden. Okay. I like the trash talk. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> do, I ain't that good. Do I'm you go playing. to a dark place there, too? No, nah, it's it's games. I can't. Okay, okay. I can't, you can't. It's not physical. <laughs> okay, okay. I said the I'm most physical. Me in, man. <laughs> for, for the hardest, the, the most physical game about or thing about holding a control yeah. in your hand is when you, if you press the, the analog stick too much, you start getting your skin <laughs> a little blister on your thumb. Who, who wins on Sunday? Big game. Who wins on Sunday? I say right now. I say going off of what I see, what my eyes have shown me for the last three, four weeks of football. The team with the most experience in this situation, like I was just telling you, not being this moment's not going to be like, oh my God, I'm, I'm happy we're here. They, they don't have that. Not, not say that 49ers have that mindset. I'm saying that it's a different, you know, it's like, you know, it's a Super Bowl. Just like I remember my freshman year going in the national title yep. in the uh, Fiesta Bowl against the Gators. You know, I'm a freshman. I pretty much did most of the, the carrying that season. LP got in trouble, so I had to take over. You know, they put me in the spot, really. So thank you to Coach Solis, Coach Osborne. But knowing once we got to that game, it was like, wait a minute, this was our goal. This was our team goal. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why do I need to be anxious, nervous, yeah. overthink something? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the same thing I did in game one yep. in game number 13 right now mm-hmm. down yep. here in Arizona because yep. what I did in game one was I took the handoff, picked up some yards, touchdown or whatever, picked up the blitz. I'm going to do the same thing in this game against these Gators. Mm-hmm. So then – then you're going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's where Beast Mode. Every game of championship yourself. You got yep. your interception against the Broncos, right? Took it to, you know, stuff that like Malcolm. that. That was Malcolm. That, huh? That was Malcolm. Oh, so my bad. I knew yeah. it was one of yeah. y'all. Yeah, yeah. But those moments happen because you don't let the Super Bowl put you up in the stands. Right, right. You, you're in there. You're focused. Right. Yep. Oh, it's first. Oh, it's third and one. Oh, oh, that's the wrong formation. They don't see this corner cat, you know, as the DB. You know. mm-hmm. So you, that's where you keep, because all the players, all the athletes we call Hall of Famers, GOATs in other sports. That's that mindset. Because yep. if you're going to win championships, you can't let the championship game, just the name, yeah. be big. Mesh, yeah, be bigger than you. Yeah, no. Pete, yeah. Ta- Pete taught y'all that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, he got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Yep, I got Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be rough. Yeah. yeah. Be right, man. Appreciate you. We appreciate yeah, you for the show. Thank for you. Yourself. See y'all yes, in person. Been watching y'all on TikTok too. Uh, <laughs> I love being on it now. Appreciate you. I, I, I want to just, just get into it, you know what I mean? Before we get into the football player that you were and all that kind of stuff, I want to talk about currently right now. What I see you all over, you're talking about the sport, the game of uh, the sport of MMA. Talk about what you've been doing in that world. Yeah, man. I, um, so I, I started training myself back in 2005, 2006 in that offseason because um, I just want to get better on my hands. So uh, Jay Glazer, my man over at Fox Sports, he said, you know, I think, you know, I grew up boxing. So my uncles were professional boxers back in PG County in Washington, D.C. Okay. And so I grew up boxing in the first place around boxers, but MMA started to get big around that mid 2000s. So uh, my first day training, man, I went out and started training with Randy Couture. That was my mm, first day in the gym with, with mm. Randy Couture. You know, and How'd so. How'd go? Uh, we ain't gonna talk about that. <laughs> you know, <man>. we, <laughs> we, gonna, we, gonna, we gonna just, we, you know, it, we, we work. We work. We keep it at that. But, that, but what I learned from Randy, man, that time, it, it was. Just the, the balance in, in how he was able to move my body, use his hands, and, and do different stuff. And I was like, man, this is, this is very key for me. And I came mm-hmm. out in that 2006 season, led the league in sacks, and I really believe that my hands have gotten so much better. You know, fast forward, I'm, re- I'm training with all the big guys, all the big names around that time period mm-hmm. during the offseason. And um, I ended up launching my uh, – when I got into TV, straight when I retired, NFL Network, Fox Sports, ESPN. Uh, and so I understood TV. 
right? So now I know I've been around these fighters. I know the I know the sport, know the game, and I also understand TV and production. So yeah. that's how we start to when I decided to go and launch Lights Out Extreme Fighting. We're um we're now on Fubo, Fubo TV's Fubo. Mm-hmm. So we got a big fight uh, next Friday, February sixteenth, uh, in Long Beach, California. And we got some we got some big name dudes that's coming up. Yeah. That's going to be stars yeah. in the sport. And that's how that's how we differ, man. We, we want we want to grow these guys, right? We're like we want to find the young Conor McGregor's, the Ron, young Ronda Rousey's, the young John Joneses, and kind of turn them into super, superstars. And a lot of these guys end up going to the UFC, which we cool with. Yeah, and, and Sean, I asked you before the show. You said you're going on 11 years removed from the game. I'm going on three years removed from the game. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like as athletes. Football players, we're trying to find that next best thing. Yeah. That next thing to make us happy, to get us excited, to get us going. Would you say that you're fulfilled with this next, I guess, life that you're living? Would you say that this gets you excited and you're really content with where you are right now? Yeah, we're, we're never content, right, because we athletes. So we're, we're never like, oh, this is enough. It's never really enough yeah. for us. But I, I say this, and, and the reason why a lot of guys struggle getting to that next phase because – it's hard to replace that feeling running out to 70,000 plus yeah. mm-hmm. and millions of people you, and millions of people watching at home. Yeah. You know, you got a, a big play, big tackle, big catch, big sack or whatever. You get home and you, you got 100 text messages from everybody just watched you on, on mm-hmm. the big stage. And so when that is removed from you along with the regimen, waking up at a certain time, yeah. competing, then you, you get lost in the shuffle of this space. And for me, because I've always been in combat sports, it was an easy transition. Yeah. But there were still some days, man. I'll be at you know NFL Network, and I'm talking about the game. I get offset the hour, whatever I'm there. I jump mm-hmm. off total access. I'm like, damn, this is it? Uh, just an hour, just an hour talking? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, and so, you, you know, that, that void was still there. But, you know, you, you find that next passion that you felt when you made that big play or running yeah. out to 70,000. We're we going to be successful in anything we do because it's, mm-hmm. we, we got the discipline. We're not afraid to sacrifice and doing what we need to do in order to get there. And, you know, to, get some, to be involved in what I'm doing now, you don't get a chance to do that second thing that you love equally as you did playing yeah. football, you know. Yeah. So. And when did you find yours? Uh, yeah. Early on, man, to be honest. Uh, so I, I, the nickname Lights Out, you know, I, mm-hmm. I actually bought the rights and trademarks when I was 21. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, first, when I first got in, I, I got some money, and I was like, man, I want to own my own name. And so I, I knew right then and there that I wanted to do something, but I just didn't know what. Mm. And it was first uh, the clothing industry. So I was selling lights out apparel clothes in uh, DTLRs on the East Coast, and I was in like 100-plus stores. And on the West Coast, I was in Tillys and, and, and those kind of, um, you know, big. I was on 100 Tillys on the West Coast. And so it was apparel. But, man, I was like, man, this is um, it's great, great business, yeah. a lot of money. But it wasn't the satisfaction of building. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so with this, man, to see us constantly growing, uh, we're on Fubub. We air a week later on Bally's, uh, Amazon, Freevee, MS, MSG. And then I'm about to announce here in the next few weeks another big partnership to get us more distribution all over the world. Yeah. So, you know, that part for me, man, just to, to the answer to your question, I, I don't think for us and how we're built, like it's never really, right. you know, Enough. Right. I want to talk about, you mentioned that uh, once you started the MMA, that the, the fighting the, 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 and all that, and how it helped that next year on the football field. A lot of our listeners and viewers, whether they're parents, whether they are athletes themselves, what's your thoughts on maybe maybe adding this to your off-season regimen? I think it needs to happen. And, and then, too, um, I think when people associate fighting is like getting in the cage and throwing a punch, getting hit in the face. Right. Right. There's so many different ways uh, – Tua this past year took up jujitsu, yeah, so he can learn how to fall and stay healthy. Yeah, he was on the field all year. Every game, you get what I'm saying. Every game, he ain't been on the field all year his whole career, mm-hmm. including in college. Mm-hmm. 
all of a sudden you, you pick up a sport and you pick up a discipline and now you're on the field. And so, and I, and I was watching him. I was like, dude, that dude tucked and rolled. And like, <laughs> you saw you know, it. So I, was, saw, yeah, yeah. I saw it. And I saw oh. the, because the, that's what you got to learn how to do. When somebody take you to the ground is not flop and flail and hit the back of your head off of the, off of the you know, for the ground. And, and so just watching him, I knew what it did for him. And I'm like, man, only if we can get enough guys to buy in to pick up. And, and, I, and I've, tra- I've trained in the offseason with Mercedes Lewis. Mm-hmm. He, he a dog. I mean, mm-hmm. if Mercedes wanted to fight next well, week. I hated he, He's still to, playing. Bro. I, there, was, there was one tight end that I hated going against. It was Mercedes Lewis. He I dude, could not stand. I, I, I lie to you not. He don't put his, his MMA or his combat sports training and all that stuff out in the blast. He'll do it once in a while, put it on the story. But I'm telling you, if he wanted to turn it on to fight in two weeks, he could. He's, he's like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, you know, Clay Matthews and all, all these guys. I, I remember a lot of these guys I brought in and was training around. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it's, it's cool to see that the sport is getting, getting more global and yep. getting more out there. And when you look at the sport of MMA compared to boxing, is, are we seeing a shift in excitement, a shift oh, in stars? Absolutely. And, or, or has it already taken over? Yeah. Has it, <laughs> yeah, I think it's already taken over. But this is what I, this is what I will give box because I grew up a boxing fan first, right? My, my family and uncles were, were all professional boxers. Boxing took a back seat because nobody wanted to fight to see a number two guy fight a number 32 guy. Mm-hmm. Right, these big fights over the, hasn't happened other yeah. than the, the the new ones with Terrence Crawford and Spencer and yeah. uh, uh, Ryan Garcia and Javante. Yeah. Like it's starting mm-hmm. to come back around because they realize that nobody's wanting to pay a, a champ to see the fight a scrub. Right, and right. the the managers and, and the promoters and the TV networks have gotten away of the business side of it because everybody protecting their pockets. Yeah, instead mm-hmm. of giving back to the game, so the boxing is taking a back seat. In the UFC, if you're a champion, you're fighting the number three guy. Mm-hmm. You're the number two guy, you're fighting the number five guy. Mm-hmm. And so when you got evenly matching, compet- you know, and it doesn't matter, and then one loss doesn't set you back to ground zero. Yeah. You, you mm-hmm. fought a champion, mm-hmm. and somebody going to lose. Yeah. And so that's why. So boxing is making its way back. So what is it going to take for the, for the dollar signs to start evening out? Because we see, obviously, what Money May did with these top guys. When are we going to start to see that shift in dollar signs where the top MMA guys are getting paid? Like some real, real money. It's different because, you know, these guys are under contract of an organization. And people not understanding that. When you I don't are, understand that. Yeah, okay, so, you know, when you're a boxer, you, you are signed to a promotion, right? Golden Boy or, okay. you know, Top Rank or whatever. <laughs> and De La Hoya stuff. Yeah, yep. de, you know, so in, in, in uh, MMA, you're literally signed to an organization, a company. Okay. You're more of an individual in boxing. Got it. You know, you're more of an Got individual. It. And so... The thing is, too, the guys that are climbing, you, you never hear John Jones talk about money. You never hear Israel Adesanya complain, oh, man, we ain't making. If you're a top guy in the MMA, you're making boxing money. You know, you just are. Mm, okay. But, you, you know, you got you to gotta get there and make stuff. And, and people don't talk, man. Like, boxers, until they get to those championship fights or around, they don't make they much make money, money either. either. Nope. Yeah. And so everybody want to talk about, you know, to your point, yeah. to your point, you know, Floyd Mayweather and all these guys who made a tremendous amount of money. And by the way, Floyd bettered himself by leaving HBO and then going over Showtime and creating his own thing. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the top guys, but there's guys right now that's 20 and on boxing that's fighting for 30 grand, 50 grand. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. so yeah. when Cause you. Because Bud Crawford, when he started getting some, some serious money. Like, four, last, like five, six years, right? Yeah. 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 Last, last five, six years. Okay. Yeah, and so yeah. You, you get 
you get up there, and then what happens is when the money gets bigger, you fight less, you're, 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 you know, bigger fights. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, once you reach that pinnacle, you'll start making the money. But you, you never hear the top guys in MMA ever complain about money because yeah. they're making it. Okay, yeah. okay. Football, right now, your favorite players on. Give me three of your favorite players on defense in the NFL right now. I'm going to go with Micah. Micah's my my personal favorite. I just the style of play and what he can do, how explosive that dude is, and where you can line him up at, what you can do mm-hmm. with him, is one. Um, uh, close Miles Garrett and Nick both. I always go back and forth with them two guys, but you got to slide in T.J. Watt too at the same time because he don't, you know, clear. Ma- it, it's hard. Okay. It's hard. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? Yep. It, it's yep. really, it's really hard for me to say it because they, each one of these guys got something about their game that I personally like mm-hmm. and. You know, with LT, Lawrence Taylor being my favorite player growing up, you know, I, I see a lot of Micah in him yep. and the ability, explosive, yep. how fast he is, and just his style of play. I see that in him. But Miles Garrett, you know, if you see that dude in person, he's a freak, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like just walking up to him and his capabilities. And so, where are you at with you and your relationship with football? Some guys, when they get done, it's like, F it, I'm done with it. Are you still around? Do you still want to get back to it? What, what's your. Yeah, I. I I'll, you I'm, still good with it? Yeah. Good. Yeah, but, you know, I think that everybody got that period in time where you're upset at the game mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that you don't want to watch, you don't want to show up, you don't want to talk about it, mm-hmm. you don't want to be involved. I mean, and so – and that, that's because, you know, we, we, don't, we don't end the time that we stop playing. It, 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 it is, is us. us. <laughs> you know, and so, so a lot of guys, yeah. when, they get, when they get done, they get frustrated and, like, you know, a little bit of a hatred towards, man, oh, they, I, I was done wrong and I don't want to support the game anymore. And it takes a little – if you were done that way on the way out. Me, I was done because I wanted to be done. I was like, man, I had some injuries. I did everything I wanted to do, and I got other stuff that I wanted to I was ready to move on. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the guys that are not ready to move on, they kind of get pushed out the door. And that, that, that end date, it, there's no date. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody tell you, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I, you're going to be done on this date. Mm-hmm. And so when they come ask for that playbook and they decide to move on to that young guy ooh, for cheaper, ooh. that's it. And so it, le- it, it leaves some guys being bitter, which I understand. Yeah. Well, brother – I appreciate you. Hey. Before we go, man, I got to talk about that Chargers team that you was on. Man, I, I told, saw you on the elevator today, man. I'm a big fan, man. I'm fanning out right now. But one of the things I heard, and I don't believe it, somebody told me that Phillip Rivers was a big shit talker. Is that true? The biggest. <laughs> Phillip Rivers? The biggest. It's nobody bigger. Man, I was on the field with what? this dude one time. He's like, KJ, you guys running the same blitz you ran? Bro, we're in the middle of a football game. He's about to snap the ball. It's third down. You guys ran that blitz last week. Down said, huh, huh, first down. He did. Awesome. Listen, what? but, you know, so th- this was crazy about Phillip. You know, over the last couple years, the mic'd up stuff and all that has gotten more out there about the mm-hmm. stuff he says. First of all, you find out he don't curse, right? No matter what, <laughs> you, you, you couldn't piss him off enough to curse. Yeah. That's never going to happen. The second part about that is it's become more comical because the defensive guys love that. He's the type, you hit him, he, you could be laying on top of him. He'll hit you on the head and tell you the good, good hit. Like, you got to get there a little bit faster next time. Yeah. Oh, why, why are you on him? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you on him? But people think this happened. That, which, what happened to you yeah. happened every day to us in practice. Yeah. It, ha- it, happened, it happened every single day. And so we were so used to it that when the outside world started talking about it more, it's like, man, this, what happened? this, this is a Wednesday. Yeah. For us. And I'm talking about a go by in the weight room. You're on there. You got, you know, hundreds. During the season, you ain't trying to get stronger, right? You're trying to maintain. So we ain't there that, that lift. You got to wait that two, three-day mandatory mm-hmm. lift. Mm-hmm. You're in there. You know, just trying to get your weights in and move on. It's like, oh, 
oh, you got Walter Jones today. Them hundreds ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> I'm like, yo, bro, stop. You know what I'm saying? Stop. <laughs> but, th- but that was him. He just, he just yeah. never stopped. Yeah. And so yeah. you, you love him for it. You miss him for it. And uh, he, he was the, probably the most and biggest competitor I ever yeah. played with. And the guy that is about to get inducted into the Hall of Fame, Antonio Gates, um, a lot of people know about him, but they don't know about him. Mm-hmm. What's something about AG that really stood out to you when um, he was in the locker room with him? You know, he uh, toned from Detroit. You know what I'm saying? He got, he got that swag with him. And yeah. the reason why, he, he was never really outspoken. He was yeah. always kind of quiet, really wasn't a big media guy like yeah. that or whatever. So we got him behind the scenes. But I used to go to Tone, um, especially when I first came in, and they, he'll have one of the jackets, some shoes or something I ain't never seen before, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm like, you know, I'll come in there, I got some money now. I'm trying, whatever Antonio Gates wearing, I'm trying to see who, who, who making his clothes. Where you buy them shoes from? I say, um, I say, Tone, where's that? Where you get that jacket from, man? Huh. Only, only me and LL Cool J and, and Denzel Washington got one of these. He would never, oh, still to this day. He would never tell me who made none of his clothes. Uh, and I'd be serious. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go to him two, three weeks later. Yeah. On the, on the, I'm like, we eating. Tone, hey, so where you, where, you, um, where you get that jacket from? Shit, just, uh, it's, you know, Denzel got one of these. <laughs> never told me. And so he was, it was, it was almost in a sense, man, um, and you know, you walk in the locker room, you got the, the old heads in there. And I yeah. had Lorenzo Nell, uh, LT, mm-hmm. Phil, um, Jamal, big Jamal yeah, Williams. Yeah, is Quinn Jammer there? Jam. Yep. Right? Yep. Jam. So all, all your old head guys, you, you start to appreciate them a little bit more when you get older and you get out the game. Yeah. So he was like, man, you know, things could have went left if you didn't have the right guys. Randall Goffrey, Donnie Edwards. We, we had, we had uh-huh. some real OGs in there, man. And I was fortunate to be around them. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Hey, Thank man. you. No, same here, man. You, man. Thank you. Keep doing your thing, man. All right. Appreciate it, man. Y'all yeah. too, man.